Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. We surrender all to you, Jesus. We surrender all. All to you, Lord. All to you, Yeshua. All to you, Thank you, mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua. Mighty Jesus, we pray you help my brothers and sisters log in tonight. Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Help my brothers and sisters to log in. Mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord, that you will help everyone log in without any problem, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let your mighty hand be on the Internet, computer, the different bad weather from the different states. Lord, we pray you take control of all those weather from the different state, those people that are having problems, Lord, to log in from the different state, Lord, that you will help them, Lord Jesus. You will help my brothers and sisters, Lord, log in, Lord, hallelujah, and listen tonight, Lord Jesus, those that are having problems through the T-Mobile network, Lord, that your mighty hand will be, Lord, to help them, Lord Jesus, Lord Yeshua, to log in tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, remove all, all hallelujah, wall, all, all anything of the enemy, Lord Jesus. Let your mighty, mighty hand, Lord Jesus, be, Lord, on Black Talk Radio, this program, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Make it possible for people who ask the mobile that they can listen to the Lord Jehovah for free. And any other company has the same for free. Mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua, let your mighty hand. Hallelujah, Jesus. Be set, set, Lord, for we want to listen for free and be blessed by the program. Remove, Lord, anything of the enemy, Lord, that is trying to block your people from joining us, Lord, from being part, Lord, Jesus, hallelujah, of the program and being blessed, Lord Jesus. We pray that your mighty hand be to help people, hallelujah, to log in and being blessed in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, mighty Lord, we are in the last days before, Lord, you are coming. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. And we want to make sure, Lord, that your mighty hand is in the favor of your people, Lord, that you will fight for us, Lord, as you said in your word. Benjamin is mine, the Lord, I will repay. Lord, you help your people, Lord. You help your church. You help my brothers and sisters, Lord. Whatever they're going through, Lord, give them the victory. Break the power of the evil one, Lord. Anything that is holding them back, Lord, we pray that you will fight for them, Lord, that your mighty hand will be in behalf of your people, Lord, fighting with your people, Lord, giving my brothers and sisters the victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua's name we pray. Let your mighty hand, Lord, send billions and trillions of warriors angels, Archangel, Lord, in favor of your people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Yeshua, that your mighty hand will be to help your people, Lord, in whatever they need, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We ask you to make everything possible for your people, Lord, because we're God. As your word says, all things are possible, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, mighty Jehoshua, mighty Lord, mighty God, mighty Jesus. We pray in your name. We pray. We intercede. We believe, Lord, 
that with you all things are possible. And we ask that you will make all things possible for your people, your church, Lord, the body of Christ, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we'll be able to receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. And be blessed, be able to come to you. And be blessed, be able to come to you and be ministered, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord Yeshua. Your mighty hand, your mighty hand, Lord. Help your people to log in and be blessed. Touch the heart, the mind, Lord. Whatever is going on, Lord, we ask that you will help them, that you will open the door, you remove the hand of the enemy, Lord. Any attack of the enemy and their finance, the help, Lord, will be broken in Jesus' name. Yeshua name, Jehoshua name. Mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Yeshua. We thank you, Jehoshua, your mighty hand. Your mighty hand, Lord, be on behalf of your people. Fighting for your people, making it possible, Lord, for your people to be blessed. Lord, we pray that your people will be blessed, that your people will be reached out. Whatever they're going through, Lord, you will help them. Whatever housing you will provide, whatever job you will provide, whatever permanent job you will provide, insurance, financial help, you will provide, Lord Jesus. We pray that your mighty hand in Yeshua, your mighty hand be in behalf of your people. Hallelujah, Lord, that you will be fighting, fighting for them, Lord, opening the door, blessing the people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, hallelujah, Jehoshua. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, mighty Lord. Praise you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Shalom, brother Strata. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah, Lord. Whatever your people are going through, we pray that your mighty hand, thank you, Lord, will be, hallelujah, with your people. Lord, encouraging the people, the, the spirit of discouragement, we bind and rebuke it. In the name of Jesus, we pray for the spirit of joy, peace in God. In Jesus' name, Yeshua's name. Let your mighty hand are helping your people. Hallelujah. Waking. Lord, hallelujah, whatever situation it is, Lord, hallelujah, the victory is ours, Lord, that you, Lord Jesus, will make it possible. In your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. your mighty name, Yeshua, we pray. Hallelujah, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, whatever it is, whatever is sickness, whatever distraction, Lord, whatever is entertainment, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, touch your people and help your people, Lord. Mighty Lord, whatever healing, Deliverance, Lord. We pray for deliverance. Send billions and trillions of words saying to remove all evil from among your people, Lord. Bring delivering Jesus. The angel of the Lord will come around in the fear and will protect them. Hallelujah. The sons of God set free as free indeed. We pray for deliverance. Deliverance over God's people who, whom the sons set free as free indeed. We pray you bring deliverance on your people, Lord. Bring delivering on your church, Lord. Whatever they're going through, Lord, you will deliver. Your mighty fire, your mighty presence will come on their life, Lord, for deliverance. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua's name we pray. Lift your people tonight, Lord. Lift your church. Lift, my brothers and sisters. Mighty Jesus. Hallelujah. As the eagle renew the strength, Lord. Give them strength like survival, Lord. In Jesus' name. Yeshua's name. Jehoshua's name. Threaten your people, whatever it is, Lord. Whatever worry, concern, take it away, Jesus. 
Take it away, Lord. Tonight, whatever worry and concern among your people, we pray that you will take it away, Lord, that you will take away the worry, that you will take away the concern, and that you will be there ministering, Lord, touching the heart, the mind, healing the heart, the mind, body, soul, and spirit, emotionally, psychologically, Lord. Bring healing over your people physically and spiritually, Lord. Bring healing over your church, your people, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua name we pray. Jehoshua name we pray. Mighty Lord. Mighty Jesus. Mighty Yeshua. Help your people, Lord, to be healed. Be set free. In Jesus' name, receive freedom. Receive healing. Economically healing, psychologically, emotionally, Lord. Bring healing over your people. In Jesus' name, Lord, set them behind us, eagle. Set them behind us, eagle, tonight. Bless their life. Break every change, Lord. Help your people to overcome, Lord. Help us to overcome anything of the enemy, Lord. You overcame for what you did on the cross. We claim what you did on the cross, Jesus. We claim that for our life, that victory is ours, O Lord. In Jesus' name, Yeshua name, make it possible, Lord, for your people to continue to walk. We'll run the race with patience, Lord. Help us to continue to run this way with patience. Finish this race with patience. Give us the strength and the power and the process, your anointing. Let it be in our life, Lord, to continue to run this race. In Jesus' name, Lord, whenever we need you, provide it. According to any, according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We pray you, you will supply our need, Lord. We supply the things we need. You will help us with everything, Lord. Hallelujah. And you will destroy anything of the enemy. <clears throat> In Jesus' name we pray, oh Lord. Oh God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. <clears throat> we thank you, Yeshua. We thank you, Jehoshua. Help your people, Lord. Answer their petition, the petition of the heart, Lord. Whatever it is, Lord, they're asking you according to thy will. Lord, answer them. Bless their life. Bless my brothers and sisters. Let them be blessed with all spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name, let our ministry be blessed. Our life, Lord, our relationships, marriage, our children. Let us be blessed. <coughs> in Jesus' name. Lord, any attack of witches and warlocks against my throat, I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I claim healing and deliverance by the strife, by the wound of Jesus. <coughs> deliverance, oh Lord, deliverance, deliverance, healing, protection, be our shield, Lord, and our strong tower against the attack of the enemy. I bind and rebuke of witches and warlocks for north to south, east to west, up and down in Jesus' name. Send billions and trillions of warriors in you to keep us and protect us, Lord, be our shield and our protector. Tonight, all night long, all day night long, Lord, in Jesus' name, Yeshua name, we pray to you, Lord. We seek you, Lord. We need more of you, Jesus. We need more of you, Jesus. <coughs> we need more of you, Lord. We need you, mighty Lord. Mighty Jehoshua, mighty Jesus. All things are possible with you, Lord. And we ask that you will make everything possible for our life. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew 4, 17. Hallelujah says, for the, From the time Jesus began to preach and to, and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of, hallelujah, of heaven is at hand. Repenting is a must in the last days. 
a lot of people take repentance for granted. Welcome to the Lord's Hour. It's our Bible, Tuesday night Bible study. Thank you, Lord. Repenting is a must. We must be in daily repenting with the Lord, knowing that Jesus is coming. He's coming for his bride that have made herself ready. The bride needs to be in repenting. That's how she makes herself ready, repenting daily, seeking the Lord daily, committing to the Lord daily. When you pray, when you fast, when you are in the word of God, you are committing a life, your life to Jesus, and the Lord will fail you not. He said he was found by them that were seeking him. Hallelujah. Seek and thou shall be found, he says. Matthew 3, 2 says, and saying this was John the Baptist, repent ye. For the kingdom of heaven is ahead. Hallelujah. This is how you can receive from God. This is how you can receive from the kingdom of heaven. A God that is ahead. By repenting. Repenting is a mighty blessing that God has given us. That keeps us door between God and us. Even Father spoke to me that those that will stay behind. In the great tribulation. If they call upon his name. If they call upon him. He will help them. God is available. For them that call upon his name. My brother and sister, he wants us to call upon his name. He wants us to repent. But I didn't know that if people stay in the great tribulation and still call upon, upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. That's what the apostle Peter preached. Very important we know. Because, see, this is, this is a help that we're leaving behind for those staying in the great tribulation. Leaving this type of message where we will tell them that if they call upon the name of Jesus, if they pray to God, God will help them during the great tribulation. So we need to preach this to them. We need to let them know, my brothers and sisters, that God is there for them. Thank you, Lord. Bless are the poor in spirit, for there is, there is the kingdom of heaven. There you go. <clears throat> Bless are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for there is the kingdom of heaven. And persecution will always come. My brother and sister. So we need to be ready for everything. And as long as we are repenting daily, we are seeking the Lord daily, we are staying in that daily commitment that's going to help us to overcome anything that the enemy will throw of us because Jesus overcame, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus overcame them at the cross. So as long as we keep going to the cross ourselves and daily repenting, seeking the Lord, the Lord is there to help us. But we must do our part. We must call upon the name of the Lord and which we will be saved, my brother and sister. We cannot become too prideful not to pray. We cannot become so uh, disobedient not to pray. Because the only thing holding us back is not repenting, not praying, not going to God. God is there for us. We need to understand that he's always there. He's always been there. He just wants us to come to him. My brother and my sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Matthew 5.19. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments shall, shall teach men so. Hallelujah. He shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. But whosoever should do and, and, and teach them, the saints shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And this is where we want to be great with God. See, not great with men. 
We want to be great with God because we don't notice that as long as we're looking for the favor of man, we don't necessarily have the favor of God. And what is it that we're seeking for? We're seeking to be in an eternity with God. So we need to be seeking to be in great in the kingdom of God. Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least commandments and shall teach men so. And here's the problem I was telling someone that God doesn't like. You know, God, if you sin, if you make a mistake, you know, and then you come to God and sorry, God is there, he's willing. He'll always receive you back. But the problem that God has with people, and I say problem, the problem is that when men fall away, they begin to teach false teaching, leading people wrong. And that's a big problem. Because, you know, if we make one of the little ones fall, what did Jesus say would happen? The consequence is greater when you fall away than you start teaching false teaching to other people, which a lot of people do. That's so said, whosoever therefore should break one of the least, the person is already breaking one of the commandments. Okay? And Jesus uses one of the least commandments because so much greater. Commandments should be to teach, to show teach men. Here's the problem. Teaching other people after they're being wrong. So he should be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. And that's the problem. With false teaching going to heaven, it will make the person the least, Jesus said. With false teaching. That's why we need to repent in false teaching. So challenge to Regina. It's important that we repent false teaching. Because then we'll be, with false teaching going to heaven, we become one of the least in the kingdom of heaven. And God wants to make us great, because God is great. Jesus is great in the kingdom of heaven. Okay? Whosoever then should do and teach them, look at the difference. When you are in daily repenting, you're seeking to be obedient to God. As the Lord said before, repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Amen. So do and teach them, and so shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. God wants us to be great. God wants us to come home and be great with him. Okay? One thing I rejoice about my, my brother Milton, that when I was taken to heaven a few months ago, a couple of months ago, I saw him. He was next to the throne of God, eating apple. But there were other elders redeemed there, sitting down with him at the table in front of the throne of God. And God was there speaking with them as they were sitting in a, in a table eating apple. The message to me there, the revelation to me is there, that he's not one of the least. He is one of the great. And we need to teach the word together and preach together, lead people to Christ together. To everything we did for the kingdom, we, live, we did for God. God considered that great, my brothers and sisters, especially if we went in daily repenting. Seeing my brother, how close we, he is with Father, with God, okay, <clears throat> in his presence, to me, that's an awesome thing, my brother and sister. Because he was teaching men, okay, to, to seek the kingdom of God first. And every other thing will be added unto you. You know? And, and he did it with such a fear. <coughs> a God that he never wanted to teach false teaching. Just the word. Just lead them to Christ. And he did. Now he's in heaven enjoying what he saw. What he planted. My brother and sister, he's reaping what he saw, and it's 
being close to God, rejoicing in the kingdom of heaven. My brother and sister, awesome, awesome thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 5, 24, I say unto you, unless your righteousness shall see the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Man, think about how hypocrite and evil these people were. And the Lord is giving the, using them as an example to, to tell us, look, these people were hypocrite, thief, liar, deceiver. If you're no better than they, if you're no better than they, if you don't exceed what the, being a liar, a thief, and the other thing is they were not repenting. So if you're repenting, you're already exceeding them, as the Lord says. You're already exceeding the Pharisee and scribe and the hypocrites and lies and all that. And that's what's important with God. Exceed the righteousness of the scribe and Pharisee. You should no case enter into the kingdom of heaven if you don't exceed. And I know that if we are repenting daily, we're seeking the Lord daily, we're asking the Lord to cleanse us and purify us every day, we're coming close to him, you are exceeding the life of the Pharisee and scribe. And that's what Jesus said. That will make you great in the kingdom of heaven, my brother, my sister. And I love it because the Lord has shown me so many here of the Lord's hour up in heaven in the millennium. You know, in great, exceeding place. Place of grace God has given. Of great, of my brothers and sisters. Nonetheless, they're in the great position with the Lord. And that's what the Lord showed me. Not only are they coming home, but they're going to be in a great position. Repenting daily is so important. It's just so, so, so important, my brother and sister. Let me back away here. <clears throat> John the Baptist, John, Matthew 3, 2, saying, Repent, ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now Jesus, in Matthew four seventeen, at the time Jesus began to preach and, and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of, of, of heaven is at hand. See, repenting is the key. Repenting will get you there. The Lord will get you there through repenting. My brother and sister. And the exceeding position he'll give you for doing so. Because it's going to take obedience. It's going to take effort and energy in you. It's going to take your time to be repenting with the Lord. It's going to take part of your life. But there's nothing you can give God that he doesn't give you a hundred times for. You give God your youth, he'll give you a hundred times for of your youth. And eternally being young and beautiful. Okay? Whatever you give to God, he will give you back 100%. Someone said to me when I was young, Brother Elvie, give your life to the Lord, your youth, and the Lord will reward you years ago. And I did. And I don't regret a day. My brother and sister. Because this, this walk with God has been a blessing. I know I haven't been perfect, but God has been perfect in my life. You see the difference? It's not about me. It's about him. I have not been perfect. But Jesus and Father, Son, and Holy Spirit has been perfect in my life. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. My brother and sister. He, they've been perfect in my life, helping me through everything, to my struggle, the difficulty, to the point where you don't see yourself. You see him. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And as long as he and us, and Jesus says to me, Lord, how do I know I, I will go home being with you, Lord? If my Holy Spirit is doing you when I come back, you're coming home with me. That's the key. The Holy Spirit is in us. 
The hope of glory is still in us. Thank you, Lord. Matthew seven twenty one. For everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, oh, I'm sorry, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Here's another challenge. Seeking to do the will of Father. And it's not difficult and it's not complicated. Because, you know, the will of Father is that we love one another. That's part of the will of God because God is love. Help one another. Pray for one another. Get God involved in your brothers and sisters' life. That whatever they're going through, you want to have a powerful, uh, powerful pastor, pray a lot for him. You want to have a powerful life, be, be a prayer warrior. Pray, 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 pray. Whatever you're going through, pray. Don't stop praying because you don't feel like it. Or you're going on vacation. Always take the time to pray. Even if you're on another country on vacation, on a plane, take the time there. A few hours flight, take an hour of prayer there between you and God. You know, and pray. And even if you have someone next to you, say, I'm sorry, but I need to be in prayer. I'll be here quietly, but I'll be in prayer. I'll try not to bother you, but I'll be in prayer. Okay? You know? And, and and just take the time to pray. Don't 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 think that you don't have that time. No, you do. You have plenty of time to pray and seek God. Because that's your reward with him. He will reward you for what you're doing. You're not doing that in vain. My brother and sister. I probably lost some cash a couple of days ago. And you know, cash people never return. But he asked the Lord and to help them, and the Lord touched someone to rebuke that other someone who stole the money and return the money back. Who returns back cash, especially when they need it? And they return back the cash. Marvelous system. Only God can do that. And I told the brother, look, brother, you see that in the Lord, we don't lose. We don't lose in the Lord. I had never. I had never. David says in the righteous forsaken or his ascendant lacking bread. Never. Children lacking bread, never. God is faithful. And in God, we never lose. Right when you think you're losing, God goes around and returns you back a hundred times four. You never lose in the Lord. Never. I shared a testimony about my brother Milton at one time. He and his wife was about three to four months late under, under uh, housing payment. And, brother, I never seen God being so faithful to someone like to my brother. But, you know, that day, they already had received several letters that they would have to move. And they had nowhere else, nowhere else to go. And that day, my brother Milton has been praying. I believe he was fasting. And says, I'm going to go beyond and speak with housing. I've been able to find a job. Things have been difficult. You know? Maybe if I give them a good explanation, they will understand. Give us a few more days until they can find a job or something. And so he was thinking to go and, and go to the office. My brother insisted. This, this uh, sister in the Lord, we know, worked in the, in the housing office. And there came this gentleman, handsome and beautiful, more beautiful than 10,000. He walked into that office. And say, I'm, I, I'm here to pay Milton and his wife 
what they owe of rent and gave them a check exactly for the money they owe for all those months. My brother and sister, she said that right when he walked through the door, the presence of God filled the room. And she knew that was Jesus. And pay off the rent and walked away. Shalom, brother. And when Brother Milton got there later and went to give him an explanation, they said, let me check our file. Your rent have been, all four months have been paid in full. Who? He didn't give us his name. But the sister spoke with him and said, it was Jesus. It was Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Right when you are so desperate that you think you lost it all, that you think that this is it, God, am I going down? Because if you're going down, Jesus is going down with you, and he's never going to go down. He's already up. He's already overcame at the cross. All demon and all principality. He overcame them all. So if he's already up and he's holding you together, you cannot go down. Hallelujah. Below of him holding you in his hand. And if you can only trust the Lord until death, be faithful until death, he said, and he will give you the crown of life. This calling of being faithful until death has been shaking many people's life for thousands of years. Because how can you be faithful until death? How can you be faithful? Hallelujah. Thank you, Yeshua. Thank you, Jehoshua. But he did. He did. Hallelujah. He did call us to be unfaithful until death. My brother insisted. What do you say to that? Take a minute. Take a minute. Take a second. Meditate on it. Be unfaithful until death. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Yeshua. Praise you, Jehoshua. Thank you, Lord. Imagine the Lord himself goes and pay my brother four months rent. My brother and sister. And he didn't have to give up his name. He didn't have to say who he was. He went and gave a check fully of what they owe. My brother insisted. And hallelujah. It was so touching, so powerful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That always be remember. Hallelujah. Anyone. Hallelujah. The Bible says in First Thessalonians, faithful is he that caught you, he also will do it. See, every time God tells you and I to do something, like being faithful to keep his commandment, 
to seek him, to pray, to fast. Every time God asks you to do something, it's because God is capable to do more than you and I. You see, God is not asking you to do more than what God can do. God is asking you and I for the least because God can do the greater. Jesus can do the greater. Jesus is in control. God is in control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Faithful is he that called you. You see, if you, if you haven't tasted the goodness of the Lord, if you have not seen the hand of God this way, hallelujah, test and see that the Lord is good and that his mercy endure forever, says David. My brother and sister, God is faithful. And everything he, he does is based on his faithfulness. It's not based, hallelujah, oh man. Second Thessalonians 3.3, 3, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. <laughs> my Lord, my God. It's not based on your faithfulness. It's based on His. How can you lose? Because it's not based on your faithfulness. Yes, God is asking us to be faithful. But it's not based on yours. It's based on His. So whatever you're doing, whatever you can do, God, I can only do this so much. God, I cannot do no more. God says, I know you cannot do no more. I got this. I got this. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> Neither based on any worthiness of ours. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. He's faithful. He is faithful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Second Timothy 2.13. This apostle Paul brings this powerful message to the churches. He was truly taking the churches. If we believe not, yet he abide faithful. He cannot deny himself. Thank you, Lord. See, you got to see it. The way God sees it, it's about his son, not about us. But we are included with him because we are one with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. His faithfulness. Hallelujah. Because he is faithful. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Yeshua. Hebrew 3, 2 who was faithful to him that appointed him, talking about Jesus, appointed by God, and also most of faithful in the house of God. So you see that somehow we can be faithful, but never like Christ. Well, like Christ, yes, but never beyond what he can do, because he can do more. Who was faithful unto him that appointed him, God appointed him, Jesus was faithful unto him that appointed him. And also Moses was faithful in another house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And this way, obedience is better than sacrifice. Hallelujah. But then Hebrew 3, 5, then Moses verily was faithful in another house. So now he makes a point here. 
That is not that Moses was faithful 100%. He was barely faithful. Barely faithful. Think about it. Moses was barely faithful in all the house as a servant. And that's a testament of the house of things which were not to be spoken thereafter. My Lord, my God. Hebrew 3, 6 now. But Christ was faithful as a son over his own house. Those who were, are we, if we hold fast, confidence, rejoicing in hope, firm unto the end. Okay? This walk is until the end. Don't give up yet. Don't give up. Don't give up. This is until the end. And the end is here, though. The end is here. The end is here. Don't give up before the trumpet sound, the shofar sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not even if the great tribulation began and you end up staying behind. And don't give up. If you call upon the name of the Lord, uh, Peter says in, in Act 2, that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord, after the, the, the sun turns into black, the moon, the moon turns into black, the sun's, hallelujah, the blood and the, and the sun darkness, then whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, says Peter. So you do that. Call upon the name of the Lord. No matter what's going on with your life, let's say you you have not lived for the Lord and have lived for yourself, pride and all that, live for the world, that you may end up staying in the great tribulation. But God is not over with you yet. As Father said, that those that will seek him during that time, he will help them. He will be there for them. He will keep them. So God's going to keep a lot of people that will call upon the name of Jesus, okay, that will depend on him for help. So don't you think, don't you give up yet on God? God's not giving up on you. Just just seek, continue to repent, continue to seek the Lord, no matter what. But then now you just want to go home. Now that's the key. You want to go home. You want to go be with Jesus. You want to go be with God because you'll be in the shelter of the Almighty God and the wedding celebration of Christ. And the wedding feast and all that, that it's, that it's already, already, as I was shown to me a couple of days ago, I can see the guests going into the place where the bride of Christ is about to arrive. It's that close. And the confirmation thing coming forward, bride of Christ is about to arrive. It's about to come. My brother and sister, don't you miss don't you miss for anyone or anything the rash or the partial of the bride of Christ. Pray to the Lord every, every day to keep you ready, right, to keep your focus on him. Don't miss it at all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful who promised. See, it's not about us. It's about him. He made the promise, we believe, and we walk by faith. We are expecting what he promised because he's faithful. And God is faithful to give it to us in due time. This is the time. The Lord says to me a few months ago, the time will come, my son, when you will speak a word, and my word will come to pass right away. I'll make sure of it, he says. Our time is approaching. We will speak a word, and it will come to pass right away. Thank you, Lord. 
That's to me that's you know, a sign, a sign. Praise your Lord. First Peter four nineteen, therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit the commit the keeping of their soul to him and well doing as unto a faithful creator. Faithful creator. My brother, because God is a faithful creator. Thank you, Lord. Ask Jesus every day in your prayer to help you to finish the race. Don't think that, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Say, no, Lord, you're going to help me, Lord, do this. I depend on you, Jesus. I need you every day. Help me to finish this race, Lord. You know how difficult it is for me, Lord, with these problems and these people rising up and all this and that. Present your petition before the Lord every day. Whatever you have a problem with, make sure you tell Jesus first. Because the problem with people, they go to other people first. No, no. Go to Jesus first. Make sure he hears you first. Okay? Make sure he hears from you first than anybody else. If it's the other way, it can be gossiping. It can be gossiping. If you go to someone first instead of going to the Lord, it can be gossiping. But if you go to the Lord first, it's not gossiping because you're, you're asking for help. You're asking the Lord to help you to overcome that, whatever it is in your life. And be careful when you t- t- be careful not to tell everyone about your personal problem and difficulty, because everyone has personal problem and difficulty. But if you need someone to talk to, talk to Jesus. Okay, and the Lord is faithful; He will either talk back to you or let you know He heard of you. Heard what you said. Go into the Word, you know, and, and read the Bible and, and communicate with the Lord if you cannot hear Him. But know that the Bible is God speaking to us directly. Thank you, Lord. But seek to hear from Him. Seek to communicate with Him. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to the truth. He will. He got you. Ask for signs. Talking to a brother about signs. Signs are important. The Lord told me He, t- he talked to His special children through signs. My brother insisted. We need to speak with God through signs and wonder. He'll show you signs and wonder. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the thing with people. Well, I've been repenting. I don't know if God has forgiven me. That's doubt and unbelief. Because if you confess your sin by faith, know by faith that God has forgiven you. One way I remember learning is to ask the Lord, Lord, have my confession been done? Have I confessed, you know, have I repented, Lord, enough about something? The Lord will, will confirm, yes. And that really helped me a lot to ask the Lord. If we confess our sin, Lord, I'm sorry if I sin against you against heaven. He is faithful. Look, even in confessing our sin, he is faithful. To hear us, one, and to forgive us. Because he needs to listen to us. My brother insisted. And just to forgive us. He is just. Because it's on him. When we repent, He forgives us. 
He is holding our life. My brother and sister, our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see how faithful it is? Now the cleansing through his blood has to happen right away. When you repent your sin, he cleanses you with his blood. That's why you are righteous before him. You're sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You're ready to be raptured if you are repenting daily. If you're putting it off, you're, you're walking dirty because you're not repenting your sin. With sin in your life. But if you're repenting all your sin with him, and it, you don't need to remember, oh, yes, Lord, I repent of all my sin and all my trespasses. Forgive me, Jesus. I'm so sorry, Lord. Cleanse me with your blood and your holy fire. Cleanse me with your blood. And I stay with my holy fire, too. I'm telling you, you want to be cleansed. You want to ask it to be cleansed. Because that's his promise to us. See, you're not praying nothing strange. You're praying what he promised you and I to, that he will do. And he is faithful. If we confess our sin, he is faithful. Peter says. See, it's based on his faithfulness. That is all being done. Brother, how do you know? It's based on Jesus' faithfulness. It's not based on mine. Faith based on his. That's why I have confidence he has forgiven me. Because it's based, based on his faithfulness. And prayer. I don't come out of prayer doubting God. I come out of prayer in peace and joy, knowing that I have repented my sin. And knowing that he has forgiven me. And now that I have peace with God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Praise the Lord. Based on his faithfulness. Revelation 1, 5, from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten out of the dead, the prince over the king of the earth, unto him that love us and watch us from our, from our sins in his blood. You know, if you've been doing this already, and you get this letter from Peter, you're already saying, thank you, Brother Peter, but I've already been doing this, and he's been cleansing me. He's been washing me with his blood. Thank you. This is a mighty confirmation, Peter. Thank you. You see? You got the confidence that the blood of Jesus has been cleansing you because you've been repenting. But if you put off repenting, you cannot say that. You got a lot, you're in a lot of trouble if you're putting off repenting. You're not repenting your sin daily, as you should. The kingdom of God is ahead. Repent. Hallelujah, he says. Thank you, Lord. Last week, we, uh, well, last Sunday, we talked about Isaiah 24. One, behold, the Lord make it the earth empty and make it waste and turn it upside down and scatter abroad the inhabitant thereof. You know, we were talking about um, how the earth is turned upside down. The, the, the Titanic play, Brother ben, ben, Benjamin was telling me, it, it, it's basically the same. Turning the, the, the earth upside down, there's a, a change in the Titanic place. Play, I'm sorry. But then at the same time on the earth, the earth magnetic field is not the same anymore. Instead of things coming down as they usually are, are pulled down, it's the opposite. And that's what I saw happening. So this is why I was thinking when I was there, well, how, who can plan to go to work or do, do, do this or that? Although, like, to lift a car... I noticed car was not being lifted up so easily, but there were things being lifted up easily, you know, because of the magnetic plate. 
how, how the magnet of the earth has switched, has changed. Instead of pull, it was like pushing. So, you know, and it gives you a lot of memory. It brings you a lot of memory, a movie and things you saw that talks about one time things, people being like in a skateboard and being flip, flying on the air and all that. Like science knew for years that something similar to that would happen. I think it was one of the Back to the Future movie. My brother and sister. So this was suspected to happen. But a lot of these information had come out of dreams and vision, like a lot of people don't realize. Okay? It's a lot of dreams and vision. Well, I looked up the God turning the earth upside down, Second King twenty one thirteen, and I was stretched over Jerusalem, the land of Samaria and Plumman, the house of Aha, and I will wipe Jerusalem as a man wipe a dish, wiping it and turning it upside down. My brother insisted. So every time a nation like the Jewish people found themselves in sin and disobedience, God said that in order to cleanse them as a play, as a dish, he will have to turn them upside down. So that is lead us to understand now that what God is doing and in this upside down turning in the last days, he's about to do, about to do, is, is, is a cleaning, a cleansing. Remember we were talking about the cleansing? Remember we were talking about the three days of darkness? What's the meaning of that? Well, in, in Egypt, when the three, first three days of darkness are registered through Moses and the children of Israel, the firstborn died. I believe it was. So the thing is, there was a cleansing going on. But a lot of people don't realize that the firstborn was a stronger part of the army, like the Navy SEAL. I'll give you an example. The firstborn in Egypt were like the Navy SEAL of Egypt. And they do most of the dirtier work than the army. They accomplish, before the army is sent in, more of the dirtier work, my brother and sister. This is why nation has Navy SEAL. What they do is so specialized, it's so, it's so effective against the enemy, that this is why they have used it for so many years. Well, so Egypt had the Navy SEAL. And the Navy SEAL was the firstborn. And so God said, I'm going to kill the Navy SEAL. I'm going to kill the best soldier that they have. And in the three days of darkness, he took them out. My brother insisted. When the angel of day came by, they, they were all dead. They could not, you know, live after that. So there's another three days of darkness about to come. And then what's going to happen in the three days of darkness? will have to be similar to what happened in Egypt with the firstborn. Because we were told that in Egypt was the firstborn. But what would it be now? In regard to our three days of darkness, my brother insisted, what God is saying to us is a cleansing coming. Three days of darkness represent a cleansing upon the earth. So whatever was mixed, even if the firstborn was mixed blood with fallen angel, which made them stronger as a Navy SEAL, that today may be the same case, okay, which I call hybrid. Hybrid. Most of the Navy, most of the Navy SEAL might be hybrid. 
most of the special forces, because we say Navy SEAL because that's the way we know them here, but in other countries they are called special forces. And that's why Egypt had special forces. So most of the special so forces they have, like China, United States, and, and, and Russia, and many other countries, are hybrid. They're hybrid soldiers. Those are the ones that will be targeted during the three days of darkness. They will not make it during the three days of darkness. They're going to be taken out. My brother insisted. They're going to be taken out. I wanted to do a study today because it was most of my focus of the nation that God told Moses that he was going to remove, and that's in Exodus 3, that he will remove from before them. Maybe next week, next Tuesday night, we'll bring it. Okay? Because we need to get to the bottom of these nations so we can see giants among these nations later. Okay? These nations are giants. But God says, I will remove them from before thee. And one of their following of the nation was Goliath and his brothers. They had giants among them. Okay? Which today are co-hybrid. The special soldier we are called today, they are co-hybrid. And the Lord God Almighty has given me close look into this hybrid. A different, in different occasions, he has shown them me close. And I've seen them clearly that they are mixed between blood of human and blood of fallen angel. Clearly, I've seen them. I've seen the look of their eyes. I've seen the serpent look in their eyes. I've seen the snake tongue. Some of them, or most of them, have snake tongue. When they release the tongue out of their mouth, they're in two. These men hybrid are not much among the people. When they go out as a special soldier, they're mostly in lockdown. They're mostly in lockdown. They are accounted for, okay, and much more. That's why Area 51 is off the public because they know what they have there, and they have one there for sure, okay? And so Psalm 146.9, the Lord preserved the strangers. He relieved the fatherless and the widow, but the way of the wicked he were turned upside down. Notice now, and God had pointed from the beginning that the fallen angel, the seed of this fallen angel, he called him strictly wicked. Wicked. My brother and sister, like the wicked nation that came after Cain. And Cain was appointed that he was of the wicked one. He was of the wicked, completely related with fallen angel blood was Cain. Now, how did that one about? We don't have much detail how did that one about. But the Bible appointed him of being of the wicked one. And that alone is pointing to fallen angel blood. My brother insisted. The Lord preserved the stranger. He released the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked he turned upside down. Okay? This is why he's about to do this on the world now. He is about to turn the world upside down now. And the time you and I are in. Why? Because our nation has become very wicked. And more than 80% are mixed blood. They put fallen angel blood in the COVID-19 vaccine to corrupt all flesh. How many people are vaccinated in each state of the United States and in each country today? More? I believe the world is already more than 60% vaccinated already. Somewhere out there, worldwide, 
and some of the state, my brother and sisters, some of the states are 80 and 90 percent already vaccinated. And in each of these vaccines, they have fallen into blood in them and, and nanotechnology. So just what they did in the times of Noah, they corrupted all flesh. And the only way you can correct, correct, uh, correct the flesh is by injecting something directly into it, having direct connection to it. And that's what they've done. They have, re- they have done it through the, through the COVID-19 by seeing directly. Maple insisted. And they did it with such an urgency back in 2020, 2021. With such an urgency, Maple insisted, because they first created the panic panic, panic, the virus panic, in order for people to say, all right, bring it to us. We want it. Give it to us. Put people in a position to be ready to receive it. And it worked out because people don't understand that fear has been a weapon that the devil had used from the beginning. Fear has been a weapon. And the same fear they used in the last days, so they used in the times of Noah and the times of Lot. That's why they were able to get a most of all humanity, only Noah was righteous and lost in their time. The rest of everyone was contaminated. Hallelujah. God cannot even say that Noah's wife was righteous or that his son was righteous or that Lot daughter were righteous. God cannot even say that to us. He cannot assure us as churches, people, in the last day today and say, look, my son, look, my daughter, Noah, Noah's wife was righteous. Noah's sons were, were righteous too. No. No, you, you cannot find that in the Bible. Why? Because God has to be honest with us. God is always righteous. God is always honest. God cannot lie. God is not a man that he will lie. Not a son of a man that he will repent. He has to tell us the truth. Only Noah was found righteous by God. Not the word Noah did not have anything to do with the Bicene. At those days, the contamination, the correcting of the flesh. And then in the last days, you and I, we, we will have to have nothing to do the same with the Bicene in order to be in right, to be in daily repenting, be in the blood of Jesus. It had nothing to do with the Bicene. Not being vaccinated at all. Completely stay holy for the Lord. See, and that's what Noah did. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 29, 16. Surely you're turning up things upside down. Shall be esteemed as for powder clay. Okay? And he, here's how powerful this verse is. Here in Isaiah 29, 16. Because God turning the, the earth upside down for them. So you see there's nothing new under the sun. God had already done this several times. What God is about to do on the earth now in the last days, he had already done it before. So don't be surprised. Okay? Just, let's just get a good understanding of what he did. I said 29, 16, <clears throat> Surely you're turning up the things upside down. Shall be steamed as the part of clay. Okay? For show the work say of him that made it. He made me not. Shall the thing for, form say of him that former, he had no understanding. So in other words, who are we to question God and what he's about to do? 
because he has done it before. Okay? And God said, they didn't have no right to tell me or ask me, why did I do this? Saying that, he's comparing it to the potter now. Okay? Should, should the things say to him or the, or the clay say to him or the potter, you know, in another word. So we cannot say to God because we are the vessels of God. But at the same time, people will find very weird and strange that the, everything will be, the earth is going to lose a magnetic field. It's going to be very strange and difficult for people, my brother and sister. But now no one can question the work of God because this is the work of, of God. Okay? Surely to the turning of the things upside down shall be esteemed as the part of clay. See, it's a part of working with the clay. That's God working with humanity. And remember that everything comes from him is good. That's why Joe says to his wife, when he says to, his, to Joe, curse your God and die, okay, shall we receive the good and not the evil? In another word, God is good. And if God allowed this evil, it's with a purpose and a plan. And the purpose and the plan that God is allowing this is to cleanse people's life, to cleanse the earth from evil or the wicked. The wicked people don't understand. The myth of fallen angel and human blood, people don't understand that, that message. That's, I can go here for a thousand years more preaching about it. At the end of a thousand years, you will come back to me, to me and say, Brother, I'm not sure if I got it yet. And that's the fact of this matter. It's, it's a complicated matter. When that pastor in, in Ecuador who fasted for 20 Three days, asking the Lord to reveal to him why some of the children in his church acted so wicked, even after they disciplined them and they teach them with love and caring. And when the Lord showed him that some of the young lady went and had an affair with his fallen angel, my brother and sister, and this is why these children came to be what they were and behaving what they were behaving through a fasting of 23 days of fasting. And the Lord revealed this to him. And the Lord showed him in the spirit that when a woman commits adultery or marry woman and go be with a strange man that she doesn't even know in a bar or somewhere, and that fallen angel impregnate her, before that happens, the devil is accusing this person before God and saying, Lord, okay, for this action, I want one of mine to be born. Then the principality is allowed to have a baby with this woman. And the baby is mixed blood. You got this blood of the mother there and the blood of the fallen angel. That pastor, my brother and sister, even asked the Lord for more. After 23 days of fasting, he went back to the Lord. Lord, I don't want to go crazy with what you have shown me because this is too much for me. I'm a humble man with no, no study, no school studies. I can only understand so much. Help me to understand this revelation you just given me. And help me to help me to deal with this problem. Because he saw some of them in his church. Children with mixed blood. And this pastor was shaking to the quarters, being he could not sleep, he could not eat for days. So shocking that it was for him. My brother insisted that God had revealed him such a thing. That in the very second a woman goes to commit adultery, Satan is accusing this woman. That a prince, that one of his little ones will be born through her. 
for the sin that she is committing. And not only that, gay sin, homosexual sin, opens the door to other things, which we humanity don't want in our earth, but they're very wicked and very evil. And the devil will accuse them, because Revelation 12 says that Satan is the accusing of the brethren. Very clear, printed in black and white. Not really insisted. I was seeking that. The Lord was already revealing these things to me when it led me to the testimony of this pastor. And it shook me. The anointing was so powerful. The power of God was so powerful. It shook my life. I was fasting and prayer for more. As the Lord was already showing me these things. Marvelous is that it was so clear to know and understand. But this is a true fact on this earth that many have ignored and many, many know so few about it. But it's a fact. This mixed blast of fallen uh, angel having baby with women. My brother and sister. It happens in the times of law, in the times of Noah. It happens in the times of, uh, of law. And Jesus said that what, what happened in the times of Noah and law will be also in the coming of the Son of Man. But this generation is much worse, though. God, this is another thing God has revealed to so many prophets that this generation is farther beyond the times of Noah and Lot. Farther beyond, my brother and sisters. Right, it's the same wickedness, the same fallen one, so nothing new under the sun yet. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Acts 17, 6. And when they found them not, they dragged Jason, a certain brother, into the ruler of the city crying, these have turned the world upside down and have come here also. Which the gospel, the, what the gospel does is make things straight. That's what it does. Jesus will make things straight, make things right. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So it shook the, the kingdom, but the kingdom was wicked in the times of Caesar. Okay, and Jason had received them, they all contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying this is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the ruler in the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security from Jason and the other, they let them go. And other brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas, and Silas by night into Berea, who arriving there went into the synagogue of the Jews. And they were noble, those in Thessalonica, they, they, that they received the word with all readiness of mind, searched the scriptures daily to see whether the things were so. And this is exactly what I invite people to do. Search the word of God. Every teaching we bring, you search it, you study it. You know? Don't just say, oh, brother, always said this and that. No. For a Bible study, you can say that, but you have to go into the Word first and get your confirmation in the Word and know exactly what we're talking about before you can go on and bring it on to other people. Because other people will have more questions. Then the question is, are you ready to answer more questions? Are you ready to answer to other people who, who may have more questions than what we have you know, taught here? And so when you seek something in the Word of God, you'll find more information. You get it. You get more understanding of what it is that you need to share with people. And God is so good and faithful. He will help you. He'll reveal the Word to you. 
And you'll be able to share with people and their life will be blessed, which that is all about, people's life being blessed. Okay? Therefore, many of them believe, also honorable women who were Greek and the men, a man, not a few, but when the Jew of Thessalonica became aware of the word of God was preached by Paul and Maria, they came there also and stood up, stood up the people. Then immediately the brothers sent them away Paul to go down to, to the sea, but Sailor and Timothy remained there still. So you notice that even though Paul and them were telling them the truth, teaching them the word, the people who receive it receive it, but the rest of the people were rejecting it. And that's what you that's what you have today. You got so many people rejecting the word, which is the word of God. And most of it is because they don't seek seek him from God. They don't study it. They don't research it. They don't pray about it. One of the things, you, if, if, you re, if you hear something that's shaking your heart, that's shaking your life, pray about it. Fast about it. Seek the Lord about it to show you more. Because I remember sharing things about the great tribulation here. A dear sister went to the Lord and said, Lord, show me more than what you showed Brother Elvi. And when the Lord showed her more, she contacted me and said, Brother Elvi, wow, wow, wow. He has shown me more than what he has shared on the Lord's hour. And I said, I'm glad. I am glad. Okay? He said, Brother Obi, you why you're speaking there is, is basic to what is coming. There's more. And I say, I know, I know, I know. Shalom, Jesus, my rock. So it's important that you know and you understand that there's more to, to what God is showing us. This turning the world upside down, there's still more to this. There's still more. The magnetic field of the earth, it's going to be gone. It's not going to be there. Things instead of going down, they're going to go up. You're going to feel like you're flying when you're walking. It's a total change, and it's about to happen. I was even thinking when I saw this, when I, the Lord took me, took me there, left me there, and I was holding to a, to a I think it was a light pole, I was just holding on because I felt like I was being lifted. And I'm, I'm not too familiar with that. Like, I'm, you know, it's not like now you're walking. The, the magnetic field is still there since the time we were born to now. Now that when that gets turned around, you're going to have to use walking differently. You're going to have to probably have to wait on you in order to keep you grounded. It's a total different life, different change that are coming. You know, maybe was many maybe some people will explore that and use it for the good. You know, like make flying skateboard, make me flying car, do do this and that differently. You know, but you know, scientists will want to get um, try to get an advantage over this and say, "Well, we knew this was coming, or we made it happen." So you're gonna have to be aware of the lies that will come after these things. Because there will be many lies, because they don't know how to explain it. And they'll, they'll create an explanation that will sound logical. But is it true? See? Many logical things are lies. Okay? And they'll bring your logical explanation to the things that are common. But it will not be true. The truth you will only get from God. That's what you need to be founded in the Word. Because okay? the truth only comes from God. And as long as you know God's words and you know God, he'll give you the truth. He'll give you 
the revelation. He doesn't do anything before he reveals through his servant, the prophet. So this is why God is revealing it through us now to get us ready, to get us prepared. I don't know how much of this we will see. Because that, that's the question. How much of this we will see? We don't know. It's hard to say. But, and when I say uh, live through it, how many months? Oh, are we not supposed to live through it? Is it not for us? The question is, who is it for? Is it for the people in the Great Tribulation? Is it for the staying behind church? It's a lot of questions. Who is it for? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Yeshua. And in and, and Judges 7, 13, the Bible says that when Gideon arrived, behold, a man, a man was telling the dream to his comrade. And he says, behold, the dream, a dream, behold, the cake, the barley bread, turned into the camp of the Midian and came to the tent and struck it. So it fell, so it turned it upside down. So the tent lay flat. Okay. So Gideon, who was waiting for a sign, happening in the way that happens to him, he knew this was a sign from God. Because, see, Gideon was asking for a sign. If you read the whole story, uh, what was going on here? You understand why this was so mi- mi- meaningful for him. Because he was waiting for a sign. My brother insisted. Thank you, Lord. Let me praise you, God. Get into the King James. Uh, the Jurah Baal, who was Gideon, and all the people went with him, rose up early and pitched camp beside the well of Herod. So the host of the Midianite were on the north side of them, of the hill of Moreth and the Bali. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people who are with thee are too many too many people for me to give the Midianite into their hands. It, let Israel uh, vow themselves against me, saying, My own hand has served me. Notice that on the day that God is about to act and do something, and with these miracles happens, these signs happen, because this turning the earth upside down is a sign of the end. I truly believe that. Now, there, now therefore, go and proclaim the year of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return, depart early from the mountain of Goliath. And, and their return of the people went 20 and 2,000, and there remain only 10,000. What does this say? There were 22,000 people afraid. You see, that fear is one of the two of the enemy. But then if you are always under that fear of the enemy, you may doubt and unbelief. You may lose your focus on God. And that's what God don't want us to do. God don't want us to lose focus on him. God wants us to focus on him. Not to lose focus, but to focus. No matter what the situation is, you got to seek to have your focus with the Lord. That you know that through prayer and fasting, Seeking the Lord, committing your life to God, how God hears you, and God preserves you, and God keeps you. You always need to be assured of your relationship with God. 
It's part of his faithfulness to you and I. Verse 4, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will try them there for, there, the, the there, and it shall be whom I say unto thee. They shall go with thee, and the same shall go with thee. And whosoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee. The same shall not go. The test here was obedient. The way I read the story. If they will go with you, they will go. If they will not go with you, they will not go with you. So obedience was the test here. And God does this with us a lot. Whether we are going to be obedient or not. My brother insisted. It's a simple test whether you're going to follow the Lord or not. Because Moses is a type of Jesus. My brother. So know that following the Lord daily is a test of obedience for you and I. Repenting daily is a test of obedience to you and I. That's why we need to pass the test. If you if you will not go, if you will not follow the Lord, it's disobedience. So he brought down the people unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lap of the water with the tongue, as a dog lap, him should thou say by himself. Likewise, everyone that bow down upon his knee and to drink, and the number of those who lap put in their hand into their mouth were 300 men, but all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knee to drink water. Okay? And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men who lap well, I have, I have you deliver the media into thy hand, and all the people will go down into the place. What is this here? Humility. When you're able to bow down to God, my brother and sister, that's God's order, because this was the order of God. God told Gideon for them to lap down. And they didn't do that. Those that didn't do that did not make the cut. Did not make God army. That represents humility. If you're not willing to humble yourself before the Lord, you will not make it. Okay? Jesus, when the disciples argue about who will be greater in heaven, and he says that the greater will serve the Will serve. That is the type of humility also. We must humble ourselves. Humble and meek of heart is Jesus. And we must be the same before God. That's the will of God for us. The rest of the people who refused, there were still 10,000 people left, only 300 made it. 300. The rest did not make the army because we're not willing to humble themselves. My brother insisted. Always follow what the Lord says. If the Lord comes and gives you a dream or vision, speak to your life, and you know it's the Lord, be obedient. Don't say, oh, it's just a dream. And then the Lord comes again and speaks to you to a dream. And, you know, it's important that we listen to what the Lord has said. And if we're not sure, we go back to the Lord and say, Lord, because the Lord told me this week, four times I told you to go get yourself an RV. Go get an RV, he says to me. And you haven't. Right? Oh, oh. So he was speaking to my life about it already. And paying close attention to what the Lord is saying is important. Because the Lord knows if we have to move here, move there, it's better for us to move with what we have or bed in the things. Because right now, my mom is visiting us here in North Carolina, and she was telling me, wow, I was, feel, I was feeling an earthquake. The earth has been shaking here. And it's, it's been shaking here. 
We've been having earthquakes here. And she felt it. She didn't feel it in New Jersey. All the weeks in New Jersey, she didn't feel an earthquake. Came here, she felt an earthquake here. And I thought, oh, yeah, it's been shaking. So you see, things changes. My brother and sister, things changes. And the Lord will keep us here, but we must be obedient. Because there are major earthquakes coming to the United States very soon. Any day now, the major one will unfold. Where you're standing, because the Lord was showing me the other night, I saw myself in a house. In the house I was, it was too low for the water that was coming in. I knew that my house would be flooded. And in the dream, the Lord was saying to me, was letting me know, you're going to have to move from what you are. Because where you are, your house will be flooded. Okay, move to another part of the city, a higher part of the city where your house will not be flooded. So to me, that guidance of the Lord is important. I don't take that lightly. I don't, I don't take that for granted. Because I know what the Lord is showing me and saying to me. He has shown me the judgment that is coming. My brother insisted. So it's for us to pay close attention. It's very important that we listen to what the Lord is saying and showing us. Because when the judgment comes, it already be too late. Houses will be destroyed. Houses will be flooded. They will be no good. Then you have to start all over again. And then if the, if the power attitude will paralyze the, the, the state, the country, what happens when the country is, is all over the country, the power outages? Nuclear plants that are running these, most of our electricity, I believe 40% of our electricity will be out. The coal mining and the solar are not strong enough to run the rest of the country. So that will put a heavy load on the rest, and then you'll get, um, what do they call them? A lot of the power supply Will, will, will break, okay? A lot of the capacitor, they will be over low, they will explode. Capacitor, city capacitor will explode because they're being over, over low. That's one of the reasons why they explode. And I, we see plenty of that. So, and if this is going to be an old major city in the United States soon. This mess will go out of control because then the state governor needs to find out, they need to finance all that in order for the uh, power company to restore all that where all the mess of earthquake and tsunami, that's going to delay things for months and years. It's going to take them a while just to establish main uh, electricity and hospital, even in government building. So the big mess that is coming is going to be out of their control, out of FEMA's control. They're just going to try to help people as much as they can. You know, and having thousands of people like they have in certain hospital, they're not going to leave the people in the hospital without any power to try to get to you. No, you're going to have to wait until they can establish their power first. So the mess is, 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 is in the complication that is coming that a lot of people don't understand because they've never been through it before. It's going to be major. It's a major emergency coming. And the majority of people are not ready for it. And God's been warning them it's coming and telling them through his prophet, it's coming, my children, it's coming, it's coming. So obedience is better than sacrifice and all this. Being prepared for what is coming is a must. 
putting it away is going to cause us a lot of headaches and pain. Because our children will be asking us, what do we do now? How do we run a computer or a DVD or, you know, and our microwave or stove and, you know, all those things we got to keep in mind. How do we run these things without any power? Eventually, what's going to end up happening with us or warning people is that we're going to see people struggling. I don't know how much we can help them for a while. We're going to try to do our best. But when you got millions of people going through it, it's difficult. You know, it's going to be a nightmare, practically, for a lot of people. But it's coming. The power outages are coming. Earthquakes and tsunami are coming. My brother and sister, God, God wants us to be ready. I said, verse 7, So the Lord said unto Gideon, By the 300 men who love where I save you and deliver the media into thy hand, and let all the people go everyone unto his own place. So the people took victory in their hand, in their trumpet, and said all the rest of Israel, every man into his own tent, retained those 300 men, and the whole dominion was beneath him in the valley. See, God doesn't need a lot of people to give us the victory. All God needs is obedience first, and the rest follow. We be obedient. Even if it's one or two in his name, there I will be, he says, right? With two or three come in agreement. Well, we have two or three here in agreement. Okay? And God can do through us mighty things when we come together and pray. We just need to be in prayer. Take action in prayer is what we need to do in the days to come. And pray for people. Pray and to see that God will provide to our brothers and sisters God will help them write what they are. God will lead them out if he wants them out of those states. You know, much is coming. We just need to trust the Lord through it. Know that God is with us and he will be with us through it. My brother and sister. But I told you so, I told you so is coming. And I can say now I told you so before it comes. Because, you know, you don't want to tell people I told you so when they're in pain and suffering. That's when you don't say, I told you so. You say it now. So what come, brother, always say, I told you so. I told you so, I told you so, it's coming. And it's around the corner. And that's why God, my brother and sister, is telling us. So in verse 9, And it came to pass thy nine that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered into thy hand. Hallelujah. But if thou fear to go down, God, go thou, will put off thy servant down to the host. Okay? And he knew, he knew Gideon. He knew Gideon was so nervous and, you know, things were not, were not easy for Gideon. But God was with him. You know, some people will struggle more than other people. But it don't matter as long as we're trusting the Lord through it. He'll bring us through it. My brother and my sister, it's just to trust the Lord and lean on, on, to not, on our own understanding. Sister Celestia put up a word today. I want to share this dream that the sister had of things to come. Listen to this dream. Hi, everyone. I'm Melissa with Midnight Hour Oil. I wanted to come out today and share a few dreams with you. Uh, one, I believe, is a warning, and the other two are just very encouraging uh, about how we are 
coming into that time when the age of grace is coming to a close and when the church should be looking up because our redemption is drawing near very quickly. All right, so in the first dream back on June 13 uh, of this year, I was standing on a beach, and I didn't really know where I was at the time. And uh, later, when I woke up from the dream, I started doing some research because I had a sense that it was somewhere on the shores of Italy. And uh, as I looked up the pictures, it looked familiar, like what I was seeing in the dream. So I believe it was... Uh, I was on the shores of Italy, and uh, I was watching the water, right? And the water was, it was kind of rolling in, but it was it was churning more than a normal, just regular flow of water onto a beach. It was like, it was almost like when, when something's getting ready to boil, when water's getting ready to boil. And I told somebody standing near me, I said, the water is probably churning like that because there's a volcano underneath of it. And so uh, I know that there are a lot of active volcanoes right now, and uh, I know that there was a volcano that went off in Italy, somewhere in Italy. It was Pompeo, and uh, it was a devastating volcano. Anyway, so I know there's a lot of volcanic activity over there. So just as a heads up, something to make as a matter of prayer, um, not to cause fear, but when we see things that are happening or could happen uh, that could be dangerous, deadly, we need to pray about them. We need to bring these things to the Lord. And we know that these things are going to happen. There's going to be a lot of devastating uh, weather events and things that happen that it's just a part of the end time scenario that's unfolding before us. So the most important thing, church, for any of us is just to be ready to go out into eternity at any given moment. I know there's sometimes people who say, well, I'll get right with the Lord on my deathbed, or I'll get right with the Lord after the rapture, and I see that all of this is real. Uh, but the reality is none of us are guaranteed the next five minutes. We do not know when we're going to uh, face judgment. You know, the Bible tells us that we are all destined to die once and after that to face judgment, and we just don't know when that will be. So a wise person will be ready at all times for that day. Okay, so the next dream. Okay, so in this dream that I had on June 24th, uh, I was I was walking down the street, and I went into... Uh, it was the church, the first church I ever attended after I was born again. And when I went into the church, uh, the people in there were very judgmental toward me. They were, uh, you could tell they just didn't, they did not expect to see me in there and they didn't like seeing me in there. And I had gone in there mainly to check on the youth, something of that nature. And the pastor was trying to be very diplomatic, but uh, I just, I knew they did not want me there, so I turned and, and walked out. Now, in this dream, I'm just going to tell you, I believe symbolically, uh, this is the overall church, okay? Organized religion, apostasy, all of it, the, the big picture. And I was rejected by that, which is true. And um, so as soon as I came out in this dream, I started to walk down the street, and I see this little... Yorkshire Terrier uh, that my husband and I see her and her owner on the trails a lot. Her name is Grace, Gracie. And Gracie was old at this point in the dream and 
I knew she needed to go home. So I picked her up and I was going to take her home and somebody that was on the road said, what are you doing with the dog or was asking me about her? And I said, well, she lives at the end of this road that I was on and I'm going to take her home. So I proceeded to take Gracie home. I took her home. So many may feel like I did rejected by organized religion, you know, the, the apostate church, uh, but know that wherever you're at, grace is there with you. But grace is going home. There's that time that's coming uh, when those gates are closing and the age of grace is going to come to an end. And so, uh, church, we have a lot to look forward to that day when we are going home. Then on uh, June 26th, yesterday, I had this dream. And this dream... I really didn't quite understand it until I was just writing down what I was going to share. And there was a point Holy Spirit kept drawing me to uh, about the dream that I finally was like, I don't, what does this mean? And then the Holy Spirit gave me the revelation and I'm going to share this with you. Okay, so in this dream, I just, I'm in the woods all of a sudden. Now these are woods uh, that, that were located across the street from the home where I grew up in as a child. So I was very familiar with these woods. And I wasn't trying to get into the woods. I just, I, I was in the woods. I, I was like running for exercise and then I'm in the woods. And so I thought, well, I'll run up to the top of the hill of these woods. And I knew my childhood friend, you know, it led into her backyard. Well, when I got there, it was so steep. I couldn't get out. There was no exit. So I turned around and uh, there was another path that led into the backyard of a neighbor that I thought, well, maybe I can get out this way. Well, it led to their back door, but the door was locked. So I had to go back again. And, and I understood in the dream that the only way out of the woods was the same way I came in. Okay. And so here's what this means. This is what the Lord showed me just a few minutes ago. Jesus is our creator. And our the only way we are in this world is because he placed us here. And the woods are symbolic of this world, a place of darkness, a place of confusion, a place of chaos. And some may try to look to friends and some may look to neighbors and they might be thinking, well, maybe you can help me. Maybe you can help me. Like in the dream, looking for that way out of the woods through my childhood friend. and my neighbor. But those are dead ends. There are no shortcuts. Okay. When it comes to our exit from this world and escape there is only one way out and there is only one hope of escape and that is through the lord jesus christ he is the only escape he is the only one who we can look to to help us to find our way out of this this wilderness of this world that we're in and there's a scripture in luke 21 36 that tells us, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. So Jesus is telling us right here that there is an escape and that the only way to escape is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is the only hope that we have of getting out of this wilderness, of this coming time of tribulation, Jacob's trouble, that is 
is prophesied to come to the whole world. It's going to hit the whole world. And there was one church, the Church of Philadelphia, uh, who was promised an escape also because she kept the word of the Lord and didn't deny his name. And so because of her faithfulness, she was promised that she would not go through that hour of testing. And so we have to, as the church, as, as somebody who calls themselves by the name of the Lord, uh, we have to be praying always, you know, that we are going to be a part of uh, the group that is counted worthy to escape, uh, that is faithful to the Lord, that does not deny his name, uh, that does not deny his word. All right, so... I, uh, I believe that this time is, is coming quickly. The Lord is giving us, so many of us, dreams and visions showing that uh, the time is close. It's very close. So if, uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to take the time to read the information I provided in the description box about how you can be born again and come to know uh, your Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ and enter into a genuine relationship with them. And uh, so I hope and I, I pray, Church, that this message resonates with your spirit. As always, take this to the Lord in prayer. Ask Him for confirmations. Uh, but as always, it is my prayer that we will all continue to keep our lamps burning bright while we wait for Jesus. I love you all. God bless you. Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. This is a part two of a two-part prophetic message that is called The Mighty Men Are Returning, June the 26th, 2023. So if you haven't watched part one, please do go back because re listening to that message is crucial to your understanding for the second part because this is a continuation of the message. And so the time of Daniel's prophecy will see a... Society upon the earth that attempts to mingle iron with clay, but God says that they will not mingle. And then the Lord said that this is Noah's day when the spirits of the angels will be encased in human flesh, walking the earth once more as mighty men of renown. Now the Bible says that God makes his ministers spirits and flames of fire. So he is talking about the angels. But he says here that the angels will be encased in human flesh. And I shared in the first video that there are clear instances in the scripture where the angels appear looking as men. And in the old prophecies, I, I taught already that angels can appear with their glory. When they appear with their glory, they are very blazing and shocking to the human being. Our heart can't take them. Our mind can take them. And so as Daniel clearly said, when the angel appeared to him to talk with him, he was an angel that came with glory and Daniel became paralyzed by the presence of such a mighty personage and he fell down as a dead man he said that the angel had to revive him and lift him up we see the same type of angel is the kind of angel that came to roll away the stone of Christ the angel approached his brightening glory made the Roman soldiers who were on duty outside the tomb watching Jesus's tomb for three days to make sure that his followers didn't steal his body the Bible also records that when the angel came forth, those men fell down as dead. This tells us clearly that the human form cannot bear angels in their full 
glory. If you want to hear a little bit about angelic glory, you can look at the end of that prophecy that is called the rainbow and men where God clearly stated I read from my personal notes that he says when angels come forth in their brightening glory they can cause the human body to basically stop shut down and if we are exposed to that glory too long we can die this is why the servants of God when they come to bring messages such as Gabriel speaking to Mary about the fact that she would bear the Christ, they don't come blazing forth that powerful heavenly radioactive thing that they have. And what did God reveal in that message I shared from my notes? What did he say that glory is? He said that the angels are carrying only a tiny piece of his glory. So there is, an, there is a glory that comes to men. We are also carrying a portion of the Father's glory. But then there is a higher form of that glory upon the angels. And yet God says that even if it is higher, it is still tiny. So just think then of how glorious God himself is. He is light. He is all light. He is all glory pulsing in one being. Doesn't that tell us something about how we should approach God? Doesn't that tell us that many of us, we have the wrong mindset and how we see God. We, we think God is such a casual person, such, oh, you know, God, this and that. And people talk about God as if he's their uncle Cletus next door. And yet he's saying that something that can cause seizure and heart failure and heart stoppage in a human being, an angel, is only carrying a tiny portion of how glorious he, God, is. As Christians, we need to come back to the benchmark I'll say this without without any form of restraint whatsoever. A lot of you just simply need to go back to your Bible that has been on your nightstand. You never touch it. You don't read it. You don't actually know what is in it. But when you talk, a person would think that you are a theologist and a professor. And yet, you're not. You don't even read the basics. And so you don't know who God is. And that is why your approach to him is all wrong. And that is why you can't seem to get the goodness, the sweetness, the, the bone marrow, precious parts. Of God, You can't seem to get that out of him because you don't know how to approach him. You don't know how to talk to him. You don't know how to treat him. You don't know how to love him. You don't know how to reverence him. You don't know how to worship him. You don't know anything about him. And yet you are talking about him as if you and him are so close. And when the day of testing comes, it will be exposed that you weren't even his or you were so casual with him. And that, that is why in the day that you need him, he will be casual with you. If you have never heard this phrase that says, I will mock at them when their calamity comes. That means when the terrors that are ahead in the future come to this earth, there are people that God is literally going to laugh at you. If that doesn't sober us up, I don't know what is, what's going to. And so the Lord is asking he says that the spirits of the angels will be wearing human flesh. And I just talked about these young men, the fallen, that will be walking around looking for women, looking like normal men and women who like promiscuity, women who like to sleep with um, tall, good-looking and whatever, women who don't have even basic restraint in these end times to know that the men are going to be slightly more and then sometimes a lot more dangerous than they were in the past. You are just going to walk right into these traps and not know what you are putting yourself into. God says that mighty men are returning. These are the Nephilim babies. Please listen. 
They're being born right now, children with strange powers and strange abilities. They're able to blend seamlessly with human beings until it is time to show their power. They are right in your midst, but you can't tell. They have existed since the ancient civilizations, and they replace themselves with more of their number at a replacement rate that is equal to or greater than the human population. In an old prophecy that is called humanoids and the serpent race, the Lord said that these creatures that are not human, this is all blends of them, including the human-looking ones, that they outnumber us at about a rate of 60%. 60% means 60 out of 100. 60% means if you take 10 humans and line them up, six of them are not from us. They have been blending seamlessly with human beings since ancient times, and they work harder at multiplying their numbers than us. And God says that their children manifest strange powers and strange abilities. And I spoke of those children in the prophecy that is called God Said, where I said that I saw children with incredible powers for their tiny size, children that are able to bend physical matter. They are able to manipulate and move Physical objects like chairs and things like that, and even people. I shared that the Lord showed me a vision of a child, possibly a little girl, that was so sick of all the tests and all the testing and all the do it again, move that spoon, move that chair, that when the technician came into the room, this child was being held in a bunker place she was being held i will fix the lighting in a moment she was being held in a place with thick cement walls and a big observance glass you know that glass where the people who are watching the experiment stand behind the glass she was being held in a place like that and she had no clothing she only had little panties on and i said that i saw these children they keep them like that in little blue underwear for boys little pink underwear for girls, and they are very thin-looking and very unhappy children who are tested, 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 tested to see how strong their powers are. Are their powers growing right here in the United States? I shared that. And this little girl was so tired of that existence that the technician came into the room, and as soon as he walked in and the, little, the, the steel door slammed shut, that child picked up that man without touching him, just with her head. She picked him up and she slammed him against a wall with so much force that the man died on impact. Blood came from here, blood came from here, from here, from here. It came out of eyes, nose, mouth, and he was dead against that wall. And the people behind the glass just wrote some things down, and the man was just dead in the room. The child was so frustrated that she killed that man without touching him. So these are the kinds of children. But also, these children that are coming into the world and their parents are going, oh, look, I just had him six minutes ago and he's already asking his father for um, the car keys. I just had him five minutes ago and look, he's already lifting his head and looking around and observing everything. And since when did babies come into the world with all that? Since when does a child in the first week of life have the ability to sit up and hold up its head and be cognizant and all the things that the brand new babies are doing now? People always ask me what I think, but I want to ask you, what do you think? What are you making of the evidence around you? As you look with your eyes and as you listen with your ears, what is your discernment telling you of the age that we are in? And so, 
These are the men of Genesis 6, the mighty men of renown that did great feats, great deeds in history. Roman history, Greek history. Men who did impossible things in Africa near the Nile. It is all them. Africa near the Nile. This is Egypt, of course. The pyramids that human beings have been puzzling over for generations. Who moved those massive blocks? Who stacked them with such mathematical precision that we lack the kind of ability to replicate the pyramids? And many of what used to be called the wonders of the world. So there were seven wonders of the world, eight wonders of the world. Who built Stonehenge? We see all the documentaries on the History Channel, but now that we are here not on the History Channel, but on the Christian Channel, where the Lord is bringing forth prophecy, who built these ancient civilizations that boast such massive, massive, huge blocks? God is saying, mighty men did these things in history that we are wondering about, but the reason that we haven't solved it is because we don't listen to biblical truth. We listen to Gaia and what they're discussing on the History Channel. And there were three pieces of history that he mentioned. If you like, you can just go and look them over. One is Jason and the Argonauts. The other is the adventures of Ulysses. Sometimes he's called Odysseus. And the other is the labors of Hercules. Just a moment, please. So what might you be able to find if you look up Jason and the Argonauts, if you look up the adventures of Odysseus, and if you look up the, the labors of Hercules? What you will find are meticulously preserved stories about dragons, great dragons in the sea. You might find massive lions that were three to four times, even five to six times the size of human lions, lions that were said to contain poison in their fangs and in their claws, something that normal lions lack today. In fact, the Nemean lion was one such vicious lion and a particularly deadly form of Nephilim lion that Hercules was said to have wrestled with his bare hands and he killed that lion and he skinned its skin and he wore it, and Hercules is said to have been protected by from many stabs of a sword and arrows because the hide of the lion could not be punctured by sword or by an arrow. And we know that's not true because normal lions can be punctured by a spear or something like that. Hercules also killed what is known as the hydra. The hydra is a supposed mythological creature that had multiple heads. And one of the hydra's great skills that made it almost impossible to destroy is the fact that if you chopped off one head, the head multiplied and became two. Now, if you were a man of a strong stroke and you cut off both heads, each head would produce two more heads. So the more you cut off the heads, you multiplied the hydra until it would go from maybe eight heads to 18 or even 82. It was a beast that was impossible to beat. But the way Hercules solved the problem was by chopping off a head and quickly holding fire under the head, and it cauterized the wound like burnt meat, and the hydra was unable to multiply. 
Ulysses Adventures contains one very interesting story. I read all these things when I was a youth. Ulysses, or Odysseus, as he is sometimes called, is the man who, is mo who has the most famous mermaid story in history. This man was supposed to sail through a very narrow strait. I forget the type of a strait. A strait is where you're sailing on the seas and then you come to a place where the land is very close together with only a very narrow passage in between. So sometimes you can get it where two cliffs are together um, and you have to sail through to get to a more wider area of the sea. And so Odysseus came to a place that was famous for having mermaids that sang. And the sound of the mermaids, or sirens as they are sometimes called, were so haunting that every time ships came to that area, they would smash upon either one wall of the strait or the other. And here's the worst part. As the boats smashed and splintered, because the old boats were just wood, the men would fall into the seas. And then the mermaids would dive in and do what? Marry them, like the little mermaid said, oh so long ago by Disney, that lie. No, they would go into the water and eat those men because mermaids are some of the most savage predators among Nephilim. It's even better to meet the abominable snowman or any other form of Nephilim than it is to meet those creatures. They are savage and they take no prisoners. They are of the marine world and they are some of the most dedicated predators and attackers of human being in physical and spiritual form. And I will speak more of them at the end of this prophecy because the Lord did mention them and I might share a little bit from my notes which have a prophecy on them that has never been revealed. The Lord says that the children of the fallen, this is the Nephilim, will reveal themselves. They will expose themselves. Their numbers are too great. They have defiled the world with their ideas and technology and they burden the world with their presence. So just like Noah's day, where the multiplication of fallen angels and all that they taught women burdened the earth and men became so wicked, they became so lustful, they became so filled with bloodlust, which is just this murdering urge, began to kill each other. Wars came upon the earth, wars man to man and wars between humanity and the Nephilim, who the Bible says the giants were so bloodthirsty, they were so violent that they enslaved entire civilizations of people. They set themselves up as a race of kings and people had to work for them nonstop farm to keep them fed, raise animals to keep them fed. And I think it says in the book of Enoch that when they grew too many and there wasn't enough food for them, they started eating people. And then people raised up a lament and a weeping cry unto God that frustrated the good angels. And they said to God, Lord, how long will you regard this? The good angels had to intercede for mankind and that is when God moved and sent forth a judgment upon them that you can read in what is known historically as the clash of the titans. In the book of Enoch, God pronounced madness. He told Enoch, tell the fallen who have gone and produced children that I know they love their children and therefore part of their punishment will see their children, will be to see their children run mad and destroy each other. And mythology records that the Titans, this is the first race of giants who came many, many, many feet tall. 
Some of them are said to be the father of the sun, the father of the moon. If you know the name Zeus, if you know the name Hera, if you know the name Poseidon, who is supposedly the king of the sea, if you know the name Hades, who was supposed to be the titan in charge of the underworld, these gods like that, the Lord says that punishment upon their fathers who were the titans was to run mad and they had terrible wars and they destroyed each other and all humanity had to do was hide and watch as they cut each other down from the earth. But that still left the problem of their children and their children who continued and have continued to show themselves to successive generations of humanity up until now. God says that the earth is weary now as it was then with the presence of these beings. The earth is weary of bearing her burdens and she has come to me to complain the earth has carried them, born and suffered them long enough, and now she will vomit them out. And what God is saying is that as the earth vomits them out, I guess this is when we're going to start to see earthquakes. And people find things in those earthquakes. Sometimes they might be bones, and people will take those bones because God says that some of the last day's Nephilim will come from the fusing of DNA. Some of these Nephilim are going to be lab-grown and lab-regenerated this is a process where some of them are kept in ice, cryogenesis, a word that God taught me, and they're going to be raised back up from that perfectly preserved frozen DNA. The fact that I saw them, the prophecy is called what I saw today, and I saw that in the earth, like little grains of rice, in through the ice, the Lord showed me that there are men who are perfectly preserved. They are not dead. They are only sleeping. They will be brought back to life. And the Lord also showed that through scientific, scientific regeneration processes that can use a little bit of bone, a little bit of hair, a little bit of blood, one of the giants that God mentioned will come back is Og of Bashan. And God says that when Og of Bashan, who was killed, his story is in Deuteronomy 13, says when Og of Bashan comes back, he will come back with the full memory of the war he fought against Israel and lost, how he and his people were exterminated. And he will come back with full memory and rage of what happened. And he will make war with the people who put him to death. So God says that these Nephilim are of all colors, black, white, Asian, every race under the sun. And some of them look human and some of them, he said, are non-human. And you can never mistake those ones for a person. Let's continue. Some Nephilim inhabit the high mountainous areas that are treacherous for human habitation. I always speak of these ones. I always say that those who like hiking to the top of mountains and things like that, in the last days, you will find that the people who live there, people used loosely, are not going to tolerate human beings coming there. You will go hiking. You will go to a place where the locals will tell you, yeah, we usually hike to about this height and then we go back home. We never go above because all the people who go above this area never come back. And then, of course, people will want to see if it's true. And then they will go and then they will never come back. And after waiting for them for like three months, all their stuff will be mailed back to their wife in Denmark because they don't listen. Humans cannot thrive in the high mountainous areas because the air is too thin. But the Nephilim breathe it easily. They have settlements in the high areas. Tibet is one of them, the Lord said. Himalayas is a place they dwell. He said, they will come down from there. So the prophecy says the earth will vomit them up. 
That means that from hidden places under the ground, they will be found. Whether alive they will be found or whether their bones will be found, the earth is going to do her part now to bring out this detestable presence that she hates. But God says that they are still living and some of them live in the very high areas. Tibet is one place he mentioned. That doesn't mean that that's the only place. What he's showing is that very high mountains that are hard for people to live in, these creatures can breathe the thin air. And so they moved their settlements up there to have peace and also not to be seen. But he says they will come down. Some lived by the Nile in the past and have spread all over Africa. They look just like them and have settled among them safely, preserving their history across the generations. And so there is one prophecy on the master's voice that discusses a dream that I had, that when I woke up from that dream, I said, Lord, what manner of thing is this? And what I saw is that beings came down from the sky. They landed with a crash in Africa. And the thing that they were traveling in was not a spaceship. It was believe it or not, a traditional African hut. They came down in the kind of dwelling, the kind of thing with grass at the roof, thatch at the roof that they have in Africa. And the minute it landed, within a very short time, the Africans who were living in that area, they landed in a desert area. The Africans who were living in that area quickly brought out a delegation to those things and said, where are you from? And they were having a kind of discussion. And then the things, their leader, for they were things, the title is called Ancient Aliens in Africa. Their leader became frustrated with being questioned by what he felt was lower life forms. He felt the human beings were lower life forms. And he transformed. And the top part of him was man. And the bottom part of him was a massive serpent. He transformed. And the other two looked at him. The other two, there were three of them that came down. The other two looked at him as if to say, and then when you transform and then you eat them, where are we going to settle? How many of them will you kill? This was the discussion they were having among themselves. And for the human delegation, God bless them, they were led by a very old, calm man who had probably seen this kind of thing many times before. And so he was not intimidated when that creature transformed. The other men that he was with, when the thing transformed, exactly how a snake makes animals freeze, all the men froze. But the old man was fine. He was just looking down at his hands and waiting for them to make their decision because he had told them, you can't live here with us. We know who you are, and we don't want to accept you into our society. And so the things made the decision that they would leave. And in that dream, God showed me how they wandered and wandered, going from village to village to village. Most of the villages they went to had the knowledge that they were not human. And so they refused to meet with them. They refused to let them blend into the society. They were always rejected. And the one that had the quick temper had to learn how to control his body and not morph into what he was, which was a serpent man. These serpent men are very well described in Indian culture. I think they're called the Naga. They're called the Naga race, where they are serpent at the bottom and human at the top. And these are also Nephilim descendants. They were a ruling class in the old days in India, and they are still spoken of in India, whispered about, and it's something that Indians don't really want tourists to know about. They always say it's a myth 
or they just don't want to discuss it, but it is a well-known part of Indian history. And they also exist in many parts of Asia, and God showed also in Africa. And what the Lord showed in that prophecy about Africa, that he is reinstating here, that some of the Nephilim lived by the Nile in the past, is that everything you have heard about ancient Egypt is true. That civilization heavily blended with Nephilim. Most of their knowledge, most of their star knowledge, most of their mathematical knowledge, even the knowledge that they have of how to preserve human bodies came from the Nephilim. Why do you think the pharaohs believed they would live forever? The Nephilim showed them techniques of embalming and preserving the human body that makes many of the mummies in the sarcophagus today still have tender enough flesh that you could use to reanimate and bring a pharaoh back to life. And in the last days, God has revealed that there will be pharaohs in the last days. They will wake them up. They will bring them back to life. And they will be back with all their arrogance because once upon a time, their sky fathers told them, if you follow us, we will teach you the secret to eternal life. This is a fake form of eternal life. Sleeping in a mummified casket for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years only to be rebaked back from your dead body. This is not the eternal life that Jesus Christ has promised us. Jesus Christ has never promised us rebakery from a rotted dead corpse. He has promised us, bless his holy name, a brand new body that he will give us. We will put off this corruptible form, we will put on incorruptible, and then we shall ever be with the Lord. And all who are wise, all who are smart, if you can hear the words of the Lord here on the Master's voice, that is what you should desire. Not to be some dead, rotten corpse that will come back. Cheap promises of the devil, cheap promises of fallen angels, cheap promises of Nephilim, all who will fall for these lies. However they package these lies in the last days, if you fall for it, it is not because the truth was not available. It is because you wanted cheap promises of what is already dead. Satan is already dead. He's already in the lake of fire because God has already spoken it from before the creation, before the creation of the world. Satan was put into the lake of fire. That is his final reward. So everything that he's doing now here is simply to get friends to be in the lake of fire with. If you are so unwise as to fall for these things in the end times when they come, you will have no one to blame but yourself. It doesn't matter how many of your family members want to follow these things. If you don't warn them even once, if, let them hear the knowledge and reject it. Let them hear the knowledge and call me crazy. In the final days when creatures are flat-footed on the earth, we will see what was crazy and we will see what was divine truth that came to us as mercy to save us from the claws of this being called the devil who is looking to take God's people and all people to the lake of fire. And I continue. The next type. Oh, yes, I will continue. It says that these Nephilim in Africa look just like the people in Africa. And one trait about them, and this is what I saw under that dream when people came to leave comments. If you have never seen comments that will blow your mind on the master's voice, look for the prophecy called Ancient Aliens in Africa and read what the Africans wrote in the comment section. God says that one of the key traits of the African Nephilim is that they are not like European and Western Nephilim who have their history preserved in written form. 
He says they preserve their history across the generations. And the way that history is majorly preserved in Africa is through the telling of oral traditions, telling oral stories. If you read that comment thread and if you see what people from Africa wrote under that blog about how they have certain tribes that refuse to marry with other tribes, any other tribe, they will not mingle. They marry only within themselves and they say that they are a royal bloodline. They say that they are preserving who they are. They say that they came from the stars. They say that they are another race of people. They don't hide it. And many Africans were talking about things that I had never heard in my life, but because my spirit knows that knowledge is not preserved in one vessel, what these people brought to the conversation of Nephilim is well worth checking out. They preserve their history. They are keeping themselves because they know their story. They know their origin. In Africa, people don't just go and get married. People want to know who your great, 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 great whoever was before they will let you into the family. Here in the West, you can just meet anybody, run to the registry office and make it official without knowing if that's a human being, a crocodile, a Nephilim, or just somebody from Ohio. The next type of Nephilim God called troglodytes. Now the word in English simply means somebody who's stuck in the past. It sort of is an insult. It means somebody who's living in the cave era, a, a sort of a caveman type of thing. But this has very real world application. The Lord says that some Nephilim are cave dwellers, troglodytes, hidden communities, he said, with wells that are drilled deep into the ground for groundwater. And they also have tunnels that they use from their caves to move around in daylight unseen. So these types of Nephilim, they don't have very good eyes. And the Lord says that they don't like to come out and walk like walk on a path or walk on trees or walk next to the lake. Their entire dwelling and their lives are subterranean lives. They live in caves. They live in sunken caves and they, they have tunnels. He says that go under the ground and they use those tunnels to move around and travel in daylight times. But then they will come out at night above the ground. Troglodytes have long arms, so they have arms that hang very much low down, which is almost exactly like science tries to tell us, oh, Neanderthal man was like this. Well, Neanderthal man, as the Lord was speaking to me today, Neanderthal man fit God's description to a T. Troglodytes have long arms and long feet, are very powerful, not very good eyesight, but powerful senses like hearing and smell that compensate for what they lack in sight. They are ugly to look upon and they know it. That's why they don't come out in daylight. They are hunters of the night and will steal people and carry them back to their settlements. And then the Lord said this, they do not eat them. They just carry them back to their settlements and they are never seen again. They eat meat, but they don't eat people. This was so strange to me. I had to say it. I said, Lord, if they eat meat, why don't they eat people? And the Lord said, because they are not savages. They are a community that has structures of life, just like people. They make families, 
They know that people have families. Therefore, they don't eat them. They are not savages. They are just not favorable to being seen. So these are creatures that like to keep to their human community and keep, I mean, keep to their cave community and keep to their hidden lifestyle. But God says that they will steal people. Now, this is people who will go close to these communities of creatures. And in the old days when America wasn't so invested in lying about everything all the time, many stories used to exist in the old nature journals and in the old newspapers about how so-and-so, Bessie May and her family went on a picnic and they were never seen again. And then old Harold by the lake went hiking and everybody knows that Harold likes to hike early in the morning. But one morning, Harold went a different way than usual and nobody has ever seen Harold in these remaining 50 years. That's where these people go. God says that the, the cave dwellers take them. So if you come into where they live or you happen to burst into where they have a community, God said that they will keep you. They're not going to eat you, but they're definitely going to keep you because they have family structures just like people. So they won't eat you because they know that you come from a family, but they're just not going to let you go back. Because whenever a human being goes back, they go to the newspaper and they go to Google and they go everywhere else and they say all that they've seen. And then soon, thousands more humans go to that place and will disturb these creatures. And this is why one or two people have disappeared for a long time and then they, they reappear and they look like a bush-dwelling person with long beard or, or they're half crazy. And they have these stories that they've been living with furry creatures or living with what people call... Um, it's not the abominable snowman. It's the other one that isn't a snowman. Just a moment, please. The creature is called Bigfoot. That is the creature. The creature is called Bigfoot. These Bigfoot creatures are said to have family structures with the father Bigfoot, mother Bigfoot, children Bigfoot. And people have come back and said, they were keeping me. They were keeping me. They were feeding me and doing all this. But I was with them and everyone just looks at them and says, perhaps you hurt your head. But people can't explain how this person has been gone for two years, sometimes five years. They can't explain. The person is not dead. The person is not sick. The person has come back and seems to be half out of their mind. And I guess that's what will happen when you've spent so many years living in a community that's sort of like a community, but not at all like the community that you're used to as a human being. And so the Lord continued, all Nephilim are evil. So he made that very clear because this is an issue that people don't understand. As I share these things, people become so intrigued and they want to know, do you think there's good ones, Celestial? The answer is no. Once it is not made by God, you don't need to question if it's good. Genesis chapter 1 will tell you everything about what God calls good. Just get a Bible and read Genesis chapter 1 and see how every time he made something, he stopped and he said, and the Lord saw that it was good. These things are not mentioned in Genesis chapter 1. The creation of Satan can never be innocent. It can never be good. You don't need to ask if they are good. Good means sanctioned by God. Evil means hated by God. Therefore, Nephilim are unwanted. They are hated. They can never be good. However, God is saying that not all of them are savages, meaning not all of them will tear people to pieces. And then he moved seamlessly into the next section. Giants, however, are evil and savages. They will not hesitate to eat people. They are bone crushers. They cut and crunch the bones of their prey. Now, I mentioned on the blog that as a child, I read a lot 
And this that the Lord has said lines up with everything that I have read. In current modern storytelling, the giant is always presented as a big, clumsy guy looking for a friend. So he's hiding in the caves or he's hiding somewhere at the back of a mountain. And then a little boy or a little girl will find him or a hiker will find him. As America puts the story, as we can see, I think one of them is the big robot story from a few years back, that cartoon. America will always make it seem like the Nephilim is just lonely. The Nephilim is bumbling. The Nephilim would be a much better social butterfly if he had a friend. What God says is that the Nephilim is evil. No matter whether it is a female Nephilim that looks like a seductress, whether it is a fairy, whether it is a garden gnome, whether it is a mermaid, whether it is a human-looking man, it doesn't matter. The Nephilim is evil, and the giants are wicked. They are very savage. In the books that people have greatly removed from libraries now, giants had huge iron pots, and they would constantly be able to build a fire under that pot in no time. The books that I read, they would put people in the water with carrots and a bit of rabbit and a bit of cabbage and a bit of everything else and make a stew of people. And here is something that I remember from childhood. The Lord says, they are bone crushers. They cut and crunch the bones of prey. Did you know that in the old storybooks, giants actually went by the name of what they specialized in? Some of them called bone crusher, others called skull crusher. As history is rewritten, truth is lost. As truth is lost, man is deceived. As man is deceived, man does not perceive evil as evil. This is how we get Isaiah 5.20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. The Bible is the source of everything, all truth. Every story goes back to this one book. But the people of the world, they have a form of knowledge, but it has no godliness in it. They run from pillar to post watching movies and saying, oh, did you know the fallen, the fallen? But they have no idea that the fallen are coming to live among us and that the only name that will control, stop, repel, push back and destroy the fallen is the name of Jesus. And many people are going to find out in the final days that the knowledge from TV and the Gaia channel and the History channel and all the apps is not enough to save their life. And that is where Bone Crusher and skull crusher are going to have the advantage, but the people of God don't need to go into the iron pot. The people of God need to study more scripture and bow their knee to Jesus Christ, cleanse themselves, get rid of the petty sins that make us weak. If you have petty sins in your life, you cannot possibly hope to have any spiritual authority. You cannot stand up and rebuke a demon when you are doing the thing that the demon is in charge of. You cannot be doing the demon of masturbation sin and then think that when another demon manifests, you will be able to rebuke that demon. Those two will connect like lightning cables on an Apple phone and let each other know, don't listen to her, she does this. Don't listen to him, he does this. And they will connect and they will answer you like the sons of Sceva. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? And the demon laid into the sons of Sceva and beat all seven of them, tore their clothes from them, and scattered them publicly. They had no authority because they did not know the Lord. So the giants need not put fear into the hearts of true sons and daughters. You can take this as just more information of what the end times will look like. But to those who only have TikTok to rely on and you don't have any relationship with Jesus... Please bear in mind that God says that giants are evil, savages, 
and they will not hesitate to eat people. The final part of this prophecy, the mermaids will come out of the sea and walk among you. They will change their skin. They will change their color to your colors to look more human, to be accepted by humanity. But you will know what they are. They will allow themselves to be seen. They will allow themselves to be photographed for the first time. They will show themselves to people and the world will split. This was capital letters. Over the coming of the last day's Nephilim to live among men. So I shared, I think I only have one comprehensive prophecy on mermaids, the Nephilim of the sea. Uh, these creatures are extremely savage. They are extremely cunning. They manifest in physical form, meaning that it is possible to touch one, but they also traffic highly in the world today as spirits. These are marine entities, marine spirits. These are Nephilim of the waters, and they are extremely dangerous. They bring forth very much sexual promiscuity into the world. You're having trouble with getting your sexuality straight. You think that you're a man and when you're really a woman, or you think that you're a woman when you're really a man. Marine spirits and the ideology of the fallen ones are behind that. They cause great, great proliferation of sexual sin in the earth because of the growth of human sexuality um, bubbling out of its place, meaning that people don't want to restrain themselves. People just want to have all the sex in the world. They don't want to get married. married marriage is becoming obsolete in the world. People don't actually see why they should have to get married to to have sex. They don't see why they should deny themselves any pleasure. After all, you, you only live once. This is the mindset that Satan puts in people because, like I said, the lake of fire is still accepting applications and Satan is making sure that humanity fills all the applications, not some he wants to go to the lake, all. That is his goal. God's goal is some because God knows that not all people are wise and not all people will choose life, even though life and death is being put before us all in these end times every day. The ending you choose is 100% your choice. If you go to hell, you will not be able to blame God. Those were the choices you made, the life you lived. It will be all you. And so God says they will come out of the sea and walk among you. And I did have such a clear vision on it was june sometime in 2021 that prophecy is definitely two years old i might read a little bit from it because it's part of my notes it's not for publication he says that they will come out of the sea among us and walk among us i've shared in the old prophecy that mermaids are fully fish in the water and then they can transform to have legs here on earth this is when they are taking their tangible form when they come out of the water and have legs, they are stunning men and women. Understand this. They are not coming to be among us, to look like us. They surpass human beauty. But yet when you see them in their true form, you will understand why God says they change their skin. The way they really look is light blue, medium blue, dark blue, just like we look um, light, very, very light, Caucasian, and then we look light brown, medium brown, different shades of olive and tan. That is how their skin color varies, but it is a blue hue. Yet when they come on earth, they change the colors to look more human 
to be accepted by humanity. So they adopt our shades because blue people will be very easily noticed by us. Yet God says, you will know who they are. He was talking to me. I represent the group of people who have spiritual discernment. When God is saying these things, he's not just speaking exclusively to me. He's speaking to all his children who have learned to increase their discernment. He's speaking to all his children that on top of using your eyes and ears wisely, on top of spiritual discernment that God gives you, there is a top level of protection. And do you want to know what that level of protection is? That level of protection is that you fully belong to God and he will never let you enter a trap like copulating, sleeping with a mermaid. So above, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. I fasted, I fasted, I fasted. I have discernment and my discernment is sharp, girl. My discernment is sharp, man. There is a level that we don't control and that level is love. This generation always talks about love, but doesn't God love everyone? The answer is no, God does not love everyone. God loves those who are obedient. Why do you call me Lord and you don't do what I say? He doesn't love those people. He loves those who have humbled themselves, taken up their cross, are denying their flesh and following him. The heart of God is as soft as a pancake towards those whose hearts are soft as a souffle towards him. If you are hard-hearted towards God, mocking and proud when the word of God comes, what makes you think that God would love you? You're not acting like a son. You're not bearing your place in the kingdom. You're not following him. You don't have a heart for him. You mock And he says that when calamity comes, and there's nothing more calamitous than bone crushers, troglodytes, night hunters, and mermaids on earth. That's the worst time for God to tell you, I will laugh at you when these problems come. So the answer is no. God does not love everyone. God loves the people who love and have received his son. He gave his son for the whole world. If you reject the gift of the son... What further love do you want? So they change their skin, but God says that those who are his will know who these creatures are. Be very careful in the end times. I don't talk much about marriage on this channel because the things that God says about that, he has not told me to make it public. But all I can say to you is this. If you desire that gift in your life, go by the golden rule that believers should not yoke with what, with what is outside of our faith. There's a woman, she can be brought into the kingdom, she can come to know the Lord, that's fine. And the benchmark is not, oh, you know, I'm with my spouse, but you know, he just hates to hear me talking about the scripture. Does that mean that he's a Nephilim? No, it goes much deeper than that. There are haters of God who are fully human and they just don't want to hear it. You're playing this video and then he's playing ASAP Rocky or whatever it is because he doesn't want to hear my voice because the two spirits don't mesh together. So your question shouldn't be, is he trying to drown out my voice? The question should be, what's wrong with you that you can't go and look for the kind of man who wants to hear what I'm saying so the both of you can listen together, get married, and move forward in the Lord? Nephilim can easily go to church because the churches are lukewarm Many of them are sitting in the churches. In fact, in the old prophecy, God says that these creatures are the father of some people's children. These people are the ones who have birthed out your son and your daughter, and you filmed the whole thing on whatever. And speaking of filming, here, 
they will allow themselves to be seen. They will allow themselves to be photographed for the first time. I will say it again. They will allow themselves to be seen. This is mermaids. They will allow themselves to be photographed for the first time. So there is a belief here on Earth when, and when a UFO sighting happens or when people say, I saw this and I saw that, and then people say, where's the video? There's no video. It didn't happen. And what the Lord asked in, I think it was 2022, is he said, my daughter, look at the arrogance of these people that think that multidimensional beings can be captured by the little 4K camera in their hands. Humanity is very deceived. You think because the camera now has six more holes at the back or 10 more cameras at the back, so then you're at the apex of tech. You're so wise that you actually think a physical camera can capture a spirit. This is what the father was asking, because to me it's always made sense why there's no footage. But to the wise ones out there, God wanted me to ask you, what makes you think that something that will not be there and then suddenly can come there and then suddenly can disappear? People testify, it dissolved in front of my eyes. It was there and then it was not there. But yet this generation says, no, film it for me. It didn't happen if you didn't film it. Well, God says that there will be footage of all because the mermaids will come out and they will let people see them for the first time. This means that if they're sitting on a rock and a human boat goes by and they usually jump into the water, but now they will sit there and begin to brush their hair openly and show you their left side, which is their good side, so you can take pictures. They will show themselves to people and the world will become split over the coming of the last days, Nephilim, to live among men. Just a moment, please. I will read just a brief piece of this Part of my notes, it is from July the 14th, 2021, so it's almost two years old that the Lord was giving me this teaching, and the type, the name of this is uh, Mermaids in Plain Sight. Now, please understand that God was talking to me, not to a group. The mermaids will come out of the sea in the end days. They will come out of their own free will and be seen by everyone, and people will believe you for saying that God revealed this to you by his spirit, that these creatures really exist. The king of the sea will come out and he will stand on the shoreline with his wives, for he has many wives. These are the queens of the sea who are the chief mermaids. There are younger males and younger females in the ruling family. These are the princes and princesses of the water, and they are spirits connected to serving and supporting the throne. These are the lords and ladies of the waters. All of them will come out, and they will stand to their full heights with their little one. These are the children of the water. And so here God is describing right here, just as we have a family hierarchy upon the earth, God is describing the family hierarchy of the Nephilim of the sea. So the wise people of this generation say that these things don't exist. They say that they are stories. And here God is talking about a time when the entire family, the tip of the spear under the water, the ruling family, 
the king and his many wives, queens of the sea that are called chief mermaids, as well as the younger males and females, just like in human royal families, they are called princes and princesses, except that they are of the water. He says that these are the spirits that connect to, serve, and support the throne. That means that if all these spirits connect and are interwoven, supporting one entity, the king of the sea, then how powerful is that being? You who cannot stay out of the nightclub, you who cannot stay off Tinder, you who cannot stay out of the beds of women, you who cannot stay away from the gay orgies, you who cannot stay away from animals, how powerful is this king of perversion, sexuality, marine kingdom against mere human beings? What can flesh do against these creatures? And yet men will not humble themselves in the last days when God says the power of the unclean is increasing itself to levels we have never seen before. That means that this is the time that human beings should be on their knees before Jesus saying, wash me from these my habits. Wash me from these the friends that I'm still following. I watch this woman, but I never actually take steps to get rid of the kind of people she's talking about. I watch this woman, but I never actually take steps to delete the porn. I don't take the step. I just watch her and say, oh, she convicted me, she convicted me. But the steps to save my life from things like the kings, queen mermaids, princes, and princes of the sea, I'm not doing it. And so all I will say is here, um, in this, I saw... I saw the mermaids and the mermen, and they came out of the water in front of everyone. I will just put it that way. They were standing on the beach like the cast of a movie. You know how when a new movie is coming out, all the stars are there gazing into the camera like, yeah, can you see us? Well, they came out like that, standing on their tails. I've spoken of the mermaid tail before. If that thing slaps you, it's game over. And I've spoken that a female mermaid can easily overpower the strongest human male. If you think because it's a woman, that thing can overpower you. The strength in them is like a tiger mixed with an enraged elephant. They can easily beat a man. If God is not with that man, if that thing catches you in the water, it's game over. They can also exist on land. But in one of the visions that God showed me when I was kneeling and praying to him, I saw that a man caught a mermaid when it was not expecting he caught it in the net and dragged it to a part of the shoreline that was too shallow. And she was not prepared to transition out of her water form into her earth form. And she began to die. I mean, rot in rapid real time. You know when they film a nature series over a period of weeks and then they speed up the footage? That's how that thing was rotting. She went from being medium blue, very strong and robust, as the net pulled her, just like a fish coming out of the water, she began to go, <clears throat> and she began to choke for breath, and she began to rapidly rot and deteriorate until she became quite blackened, charcoal-like. Her skin was peeling and rotting, and her hair was falling out in clumps, all because the fishermen brought her out into this earth realm. In the water realm, they exist as physical being and spirit when brought out here, please hear me, Nephilim are soulless, 
you who feel sorry for them and always want to ask me to the hybrids know that they're hybrids? Can something that doesn't have a soul not know that it's soulless? Can Lucifer not know that he's Lucifer? He is in all these beings. They know what they are. They are at no disadvantage except before Christians. God's people are the only ones who can fight, resist them. And in the last days, we are that hope that are going to be praying for people and casting out these demons from them because unwise people won't stay away from the kind of fornications and sexual immorality that invites them to come and be lords and ladies, kings, queen mermaids, princes and princesses over the human vessel. The name of Jesus breaks their power. The name of Jesus makes them bow. But if they catch you out there, who have all the knowledge but no Christ, it will be a very difficult and painful situation for you. And that is all I will share from this message. The final thing in the prophecy that I received today, the mighty men are returning. June 26, 2023 is this. Please listen because it is important. Many will say that this is polarizing doctrine, but to the children of the Bible... Those who actually read the word and don't just have it dusty on the bedroom shelf, they know that when God says separate from them, he means it. God says do not accept anyone with fish scales. Do not accept them. That means don't say maybe he just has really bad eczema. I don't think we should judge him. Eczema is different from fish scales. Do not receive anyone bearing evidence of these genes among you. Do not marry them or receive them. They are carrying evidence of the past incursions into the world. They are carrying evidence of the past transgressions and past invasions into society. Basically, God is saying, that the gene of the fallen expresses itself in certain kinds of external traits. And one of them that I have spoken on this channel is extra fingers and extra toes. Of course, that was received with shock into the greater community. But I know someone with that finger. Well, then I guess you know someone with that finger. The Lord says that these kinds of expressions extra digit. This is an extra finger, whether on both hands, both feet, or one hand or one foot. Scaly skin, fish scales, strange eyes, webbed hands and feet. Stay away from them, for this is evidence of a gene still expressing itself. And if you marry them, it will express itself in you. This is the message of the Lord. So in ancient Israel, they received clear instructions. If you're looking for a son for your wife, he better be an Israelite. If you're looking for a daughter, for a wife for your husband, let me put that again. If you're looking for a wife for your son, she better be an Israelite. If you're looking for a husband for your daughter, he better be an Israelite. And God was saying this to them and telling them not to intermarry with the tribes that were all around them, because these people were full of the fallen angel gene. Amorites, Hittites, Girgashites, Canaanites, all the ites, 
God didn't want to marry, including Philistines. He didn't want them to marry into those peoples because those peoples were full of all the fallen genes and everything. And so God did not want them intermingling with those people. And God is saying the same thing now. So I don't think the difficulty will be in hearing the words that I'm speaking. The difficulty, as always, is that once I have said what God has said, this is when all the questions will start. But what about this? And what about that? And all I can say is God has said what he has said. And I have said what God has said. And now the working out of the obedience is on that side of the camera. Because on this side, I have heard and I have understood and I will obey. And that is all. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. Thank you for being with me. I want to say thank you to all of you who support the ministry. God really bless you for me. And God return your gifts to you and multiply you. I always say that I'm not asking and that those who give, it is your free will gift to the Lord and it is well received. I thank you and I pray that the Lord will multiply you and bless you in more ways than what you have given, that he will gird you about as a shield and protect you and preserve you in all things. I pray for the people on this blog, but I never hold back. And I tell you that one of the main things I pray for people is that you should have a listening ear. There's so many competing voices in this world and so many people, many of you, honestly, you're so weak. You're so weak in your faith and you're very easy to fool. You're very easy to deceive. Anything you hear that sounds convincing, you listen to it. Some people will come here. They've been here for a year. And then I will perhaps tell one of the intercessors, don't moderate the blog this weekend. I will moderate it. I will look at the comments. And then I come and I see someone saying, you know, I've watched so many of these videos, but this other guy on this other channel said this. And, you know, I was thinking that maybe it blends with this. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, God, look at this person mixing salt and sweet one year in the presence of these true words. And they still are able to go and drink from a pond with seaweed and all kinds of dead fish floating in it. And then they will still want to come back to the clean pond. And of course, if if you want to mix life and death in you, you will get death because the life of God cannot mix with the death of the lies that many of you are still carrying in you. One of the greatest prayer that I pray for people in the end times is that they will depart out of deception because deception will cost you everything. If a creature comes to your door looking like a man, I shared in 2022 when I was powering through these videos, making five and four of them per day that the Lord showed me a vision of a man who was not human and he was driving and he came to this house. It was one of these towns here in America where uh, people don't live close together, like in the city. So, you know, you have one house and then you drive on this lonely highway for about three hours and then you find the next house. These states that don't have a lot of people in them. And this man came to this woman's door, a complete transformer. Transformer meaning can look human and then transform into something with wings and, and fangs for all we know, came to the door in the middle of a storm, knocked on this woman's door and then said, oh, you know, my car broke down on the road. And of course, he was one of the handsome ones. So, of course, her brain stopped working properly. No Jesus, maybe, for all we know. Common sense, the Lord showed me. Because a woman can't live alone in that kind of place unless she can shoot. She has a rifle. She knows how to take care of herself in the worldly sense of the world. But being worldly smart cannot save you in the day that Satan comes because Satan is spiritual smart. 
and many people lack spiritual smart. They lack discernment. They lack obedience. Many of those who can discern are poor to obey. That means you can discern and you can spot, but then the discernment, maybe the deception is a little higher than the discernment you have, and that's what I talked about. You can have earthly discernment, and then you can have spiritual discernment, but there's that third level that God gives to his people, that is mercy, where God will not let you be harmed. But that only works if you obey. So the deception comes. It's above what your earthly senses can pick up. And it's a little higher than the spiritual discernment, your spiritual radar that you have. And then God wants to step in, and God tells you, don't open that door for that thing. That's not your brother. And you're like, but it sounds just like Billy. And that is the end for you. That man came to that woman's door and he was like, oh, no, you know, I don't even know. I don't, I don't know what I'm asking. Of course, you're a woman. I'm a man. I shouldn't ask. Can I just sit on your porch until the rain cools down? And she said, sure. And she went in the house and then she came back with a little cocoa and she passed it through. And then, you know, she went back in the house and she thought about it. You know, he's a human being just like me. Wrong. I shouldn't treat another human being like this, but anyway, let me just be careful. And she came out and she opened the door again with a blanket. And the second time she went back in the house, the Lord moved the vision to the face of that thing. And I said that I saw that all the softness of humanity had gone away and it was just sharp angle bones, almost like the man was made of just glass or wood or something that was all sharpness all the padding of humanity had gone from his face and it was just a creature grinning and that thing knew i'll just sit on this porch because i know women they always get soft inside she'll be back here and once she opens the door and let me in here that's the end of the story i pray for you to have an open ear i pray for you to have a knee that's quick to bend and pray and a mouth that's slow to open and speak and a mind that even if you have intelligence, what is better than intelligence is divine wisdom and only God can give you that. And that will be one of the greatest saving factors in the end times. That is going to separate the unbeliever from the unbeliever. But you know what else? Godly wisdom is going to separate the true believer from the carnal Christians and the tares. God bless you. I'm Celestial with the Master's Voice. I pray that these two in-depth videos will benefit you just because these things are things that you may never have heard when you were going to church does not make them any less true. God is opening the books and revealing final mysteries. And those who have ears to hear, God bless you as you hear. Until I see you again, goodbye.